everybody, and welcome to episode 392 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the J.R. Rawls Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. Who else is joining me? Hereby declared Chris Antista. Uh, I hereby declare this is the worst week ever. And... I'm Matthew Allen, and I plan on calling off this podcast midway through the second segment. And very special guest. Hey, this is Eric Fingernail Collection Bailey. (laughs) (laughs) Do I dare ask? Do I dare ask? I'm curious. Oh, go for it. Yeah, what's your question? What is this? You you have a collection of fingernails? Your fingernails or others? Um, I'm going to leave that riddle. To the friendly neighborhood forensics department at the local police station. <gasps> oh, what a great intro to our top five. <laughs> Which, yes, we begin every show traditionally with a top five. And hopefully we will know by the time this podcast comes out who our president is. Solve that particular mystery. But I want to keep this one relatively <laughs> politics free. So this this was something you suggested actually, Matt. Detective games. Yes. Is there any particular reason for doing that this week other than... Uh, I don't don't want to give away one of the entries but one of the entries it was it was a game michael and i were talking about spoiler alert for possible game of the year contention and uh it came up and i said you know have we ever talked about games not just games that are about detectives um there's a lot of those but these are games specifically that have a detecting mechanic like like you you have to Look at evidence, study evidence, and and mm-hmm. draw conclusions. You know, Interview do some Sherlock Holmes, basically confront so suspects like, with evidence. Not yes. like Arkham Asylum trying to pass off fucking Eagle Vision as a detective <laughs> vision. <laughs> I mean, that was in contention, but because that is that is not the primary focus of that game, other than I guess the VR version that was that version. But no, that I think all of these games, it's like. It's the main driver of gameplay for the most. Oh part. yeah, absolutely. It's it's not an incidental thing that is tacked on. And I I was pleasantly surprised just by the number of contenders there were, Michael. Because at first I'm like, oh, surely this is a very short list of a, a couple clones. Mm-hmm. Oh of no, there's one game. There's you guys, so I'm sure, many. Can guess on this. There's, there's so a lot. many. That's <laughs> what so we thought. Like, oh, there's going to be a few strong contenders, and it's like, oh, oh, wait, yeah, no, all the rest of those. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yeah. And there are some that is just like, well, this. This is a, like, for instance, Gabriel Knight, the classic Sierra series. Like, these are really good games about a detective, but are they really good detective games? Yeah, You're not those are just adventure games. CSI like stuff, and we're not going to yeah, talk about yeah. the CSI games because who cares? I'm <laughs> and sorry. And sorry, no, no police quest because, no. well, I think the racists has had their time this year. Be- so, because um... ACAB. You left-wing leaning <laughs> parasite. You expect me to sit here and listen to your drivel? <laughs> no, wow. no, sorry, wow. 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 Sure. No. Wait, which, which police quest was it that had? Was it Chief Daryl Gates? Gates. That, yeah, Oof. that was SWAT. I think I think he was might it, have okay. had like a. It was well, I know Police Quest SWAT was his, and then that led mm-hmm. to the whole separate SWAT series. Ah, but, but that was like yes. a major coup at the time, and I think uh, Ken Williams recently publishes uh, autobiography and about, about Sierra and stuff, and like he he defends it. It's like. Look, yeah, people hate Daryl Gates now, but, like, at the time, he was, like, this big hero and, uh, you know, an, an innovator in law enforcement. He created SWAT teams, so. Uh, I just remember the, the N-word. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that, the, that was the, yeah, the joke difference. I was making earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And by the way, a little I mean, plug the for the Eric. At the time before the internet, really. Uh, a little mm-hmm. plug for the Eric Andre show. I am still laughing 12 hours later at N-word Scissorhands and his other <laughs> characters. He, 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 
for repeated phone. <laughs> just the name is funny it's, enough. Like it's, the name it's accomplishes the stupidest the thing I've ever seen. But I couldn't, and that was following up on Jubaka and Mohammed Otter. <laughs> I love that show so much. It's like the it's like the most insane thing on television is the only thing keeping me sane in 2020. But Eric, um, bird up. Yeah, before we start plugging Eric Andre, we should uh, plug Eric <laughs> Bailey, who you you are here to promote a new project that's really cool. Oh, thanks. So I recently released a little indie game called Octobug. Uh, it's out on Windows PC or Mac OS for $3, which honestly... $3? Do you think I'm You might as well diamonds? go for it. Right. Uh, but if you truly, <laughs> if you truly despise it, I will give you your $3 back. But otherwise, I just think of it as a short, strange platformer, and it it might make you smile, it might make you laugh, it might make you feel feelings. Um, another way to consider uh, yes, it... The, co- the coveted short, strange platformer genre, <laughs> yes. of course. Yes, uh, I, yes. I'm fully leaning into the old joke that every indie developer, their first game is a quirky platformer. That is absolutely true. That's me. So. That must be a joke amongst indie developers. I've never heard that, but yeah, now that I think <laughs> I, I've about heard it a couple it. times, yeah. But I'm, I'm just kind of answering the question, like, what does it look like when a man who has no spare time, who has a day job, three kids... He can't write any code. He can't make any music. He can't draw. What does his debut game look like? <laughs> that I mean, that's a that's a compelling ass marketing yeah, yeah, yeah. campaign yep. right there. There's your yeah, tagline. Right? So if you can't code, did did you use like Game Maker? Or how did how did you go about making the game? Yeah. So the engine that I ended up with is called Construct Three. So it's it's one of those gradually gaining in popularity kind of things, but it does use a visual programming aspect. Mm. So I'm not doing any raw code, but there's a lot of shortcuts. Like instead of defining all the values and variables of how something can move, you just say, make this graphic move like a platformer would. And then you can adjust things like gravity and acceleration later, which appeals to me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I have no suggestions other than Eric Bailey, your game studio name which should be eb games i think Ooh. it'll eliminate all confusion <laughs> it might be available sooner than you think my yeah. whole my, <laughs> my whole gaming hobby is full of regrets for my branding because I, I should be justin bailey to begin with my whole name should mm, be different wow. yeah. yeah but if anyone wants to find octobug it is on itch.io it's under my developer label tiny bookshelf so any combination if you want to google or search on itch tiny for, bookshelf yeah octobug uh, tiny bookshelf eric bailey you'll find it i have to i don't want to spoil anything but i am impressed with the level of work and detail that you have put into certain aspects of the game like there are certain pits that you can fall down that will mm-hmm. unlock secrets i i did appreciate the what was it the hall of unused assets oh yeah you found i think i found that one yeah, yeah a couple different times <laughs> oh, see <laughs> i, I never cool. i never fell down any pits michael so i wouldn't know what oh, that's about oh, well I, I guess you're good at video games or something <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate. It. I, I, I like the uh, the mantis with the air horn. I love the the shotgun burr, 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 burr. Yeah, it's, he, he's, uh, it's he's becoming popular. Yeah, people yeah, like the hype good. mantis. I mean, hype mantis might be the character of twenty twenty. We all need it. Yeah, are you, you uh, getting fan art? Is, uh, is, is uh, hype I've mantis gotten, connecting with the fan community? Yeah, I've gotten a few. I've gotten uh, someone drew Webster. That's the spider uh, with hype mm. mantis on him and with the shotgun. So I guess that's everybody's fantasy oh, nice. now is being able to do both at the yeah. same time. God, I was really praying it was like Webster from the TV series with the hype <laughs> mantis. Why would you think that? 
<laughs> terrible. Uh, <laughs> Webster was great. What are you talking about? Fine, it was a poor man. Different it, strokes, man. Different strokes. It, it was a poor man's different strokes. We get it. We get it. Fine. We all admit it. Check out Octobug on itch.io and stay tuned. We will get into our top five detective games right after this. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And what did we decide, Baker? Did Totally totally Rad actually come out? Don't think so. But okay. if it did, it was on my birthday. I turned 14 that day. Happy and birthday, I guess that's Baker! Totally rad. It was Magical John in Japan. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a toilet accessory. It was also They were also cartoon characters in Japan, and for America, they were California surfer dudes uh-huh. who looked real, like, in the cutscenes. And it's just like, yeah, that's everything that's wrong with America. Because instead of just accepting these amazingly designed characters, like, no, 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 we want to be kids to be able to see themselves in well, who are kids? And everything we watched had like a, yo, bro, let's party. Uh, we're all Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, no, we're fucking not. Some of us are quiet How did that become so ubiquitous that everyone was a fucking surfer yes. in the 80s, even if I, they lived in, like, Illinois? Some of us aren't even white. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And we're back to talk about what? Detective games. Stop. Five detectable games. Yeah. Insert CSI sound here. Yeah! Why didn't I just make this all Law & Order games? That would have been great. Uh, (laughs) There are a lot of Law & Order games, aren't there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least 30,000, I'm pretty sure. At least. least. And I, I know, like... There was a point where I was, like, watching the CSI games uh, bloom from, like, 360-degree, like, quick-time VR things that you'd, like, just pan around and look for hidden objects into, like, a fully realized 3D game developed by Telltale. But we're not going to talk about those. We're going to talk about... Number five! How about a scoop for the examiner, Galloway? You could use some good press. Another tramp, another message. Is the werewolf back in business, boys? Do you have a mother asshole? A sister? How about showing some respect for this poor woman? Let us do our job, and Detective Galloway will give you a statement later. He's good, Rusty. He even sounds genuine. That's Phelps, guys. The war hero. Defending the honor of murdered humps. I don't know why that quote sticks out in my mind. Probably because I'd never really heard the phrase humps used like that murdered before. Humps. <laughs> oh, you gotta watch Hudsucker Proxy. Hmm. Again. God, I'm just... I'm just... Humps. I just wish J.K. Simmons was like in all those clips. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that, that kind of rapid fire dialogue. I'm just picturing J.K. Simmons. But that was L.A. Noir. Yes. L.A. Noir, which was a groundbreaking game for its time, for its use of sure. uh, facial capture technology, which wasn't really a thing. And it used it to great effect during all the interrogations when you were supposed to analyze your suspect's expression to tell whether you should respond with. What was it? Um, truth, doubt, or lie? 
initially. Uh, I, I, I'd like to correct you. It was it promised to use it to great effect. Uh, yes. In reality, it was fucking broken and never really worked. Yeah. Truth, doubt, and lie were so unclear that in the remastered edition, they changed it to good cop, bad cop, or uh, accuse. And wow. that, right. yeah, that, that made it a little more obvious how to respond when uh, you heard something like this. You know anything about ropes, Hugo? As much as the next man. I, I was a scout. I learned some more in the army. You learned to strangle with the rope in the army? <laughs> Going from uh, <laughs> what? zero to ten. Uh, all my cards <laughs> fell out all over the table. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a leap in logic there, Detective. Mm-hmm. Just, just a little direct. Just a little yeah, bit. Just, just a little bit, maybe <laughs> maybe a little too. I, again, that was that was one of those games that was so ambitious. Yeah. We spent, like I think, four or five weeks on podcasts just making fun of it, but <laughs> but still loving it. Yeah. No, I love that game. It, yeah. was, it was great. And it was, it was one of those things that's like, you kind of just want to veer off and explore the open world, and it never really lets you. Like, yeah, yeah there's always, some driving bits, yeah. but it's yeah, it's really limiting. You, and and that was to me as an as an an Angelino, mm-hmm. uh, someone from LA. That was one of the coolest parts to me. Like, I love like movies like LA Confidential, where I got to see classic Los Angeles, where yeah. you got to see streetcars in LA, a town without public transit, and um, all that came to life in a video game. I was, I was Cloverleaf bought the whole damn town. But, Sorry, you, you little got, Roger Rabbit. You got to do <laughs> stuff like strap on some waders and uh, waddle around in the La Brea tar pits. Uh, yeah. there, there was a chase sequence set atop the Intolerance set, which was actually... The W. Griffith movie. Yeah, it was like originally actually torn down in like the 20s or 30s but they're like no nah, it's we're, we're gonna keep it still around in the the late 40s whenever this and, is and if you've been to fuck what the kodak theater or like jimmy kimmel live that that is the a recreation of the defiance set yes fun fact he built that uh, he made that movie as a response to his breakthrough movie birth of a nation <laughs> so yeah. he, uh, he accidentally oh. made a movie uh elevating the clan and felt bad for it and oh, tried that Yes. Yeah, he said it wasn't his intention. The set was in Babylon or something, wasn't it? It's. I think it takes place through in like three different time periods. Ah, okay. So uh, that's why it's called Intolerance. Yeah. It's, um, if I'm, I have not seen it because I watched his first movie and didn't didn't care for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I never mm. imagined that mm. uh, Griffith had any remorse for that movie. Yeah, honestly. apparently he did. Wow. Okay. Um, I think he, he was just blinded by the movie, the movie magic formula. Ah, the clan. Hmm. <laughs> Boy, they seem scrappy. They're not a real problem anywhere. Yeah, I live in Los Angeles. Yet. It's the first talkie. <laughs> no, These guys come that. with their own costumes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. You just sense. cut up a sheet. Uh, I don't want to tell you what the other costumes were, but uh, hmm. but but it is. Hmm. Yeah, L.A. Noir is super. It's fun so for easy. That you just set some cork hmm. on fire. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Someone had to watch Bamboozled recently. Um. Uh, L.A. Noir, uh, detective yeah, stuff, Noir. though. So, so um, in addition to the interrogation scenes, the game has detecting. Yeah. It, it has trying to you, find you clues in, in the settings. crime scenes. And uh, yeah. it is kind of neat in that, like, Cole, throughout the course of the game, goes works for all these different departments of the LAPD that he begins mm-hmm. as a just a uniformed beat cop and then, I think, gets promoted to traffic then homicide then he gets demoted to vice and i think he finishes up on arson and like right. that that's another thing about this game is that it 
pulled no punches, which was kind of rare at the time. Like, yeah, video games were always about, like, yeah, maximum gore, but, like, not many would show you, like, the burnt corpses of a family huddling together as their house burned around them and that then fall apart the second you touch them. Like, that's rough. Yeah. Man, yeah. the 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 bits where the you're examining the naked bodies of women who've been off by a serial killer. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it it was gruesome and it was kind of unprecedented in games. Yeah, and I think yeah, from the very I, the, beginning it wasn't exactly marketed to the GTA crowd. I think no. even they had concerns like, ah, mm -hmm. is there a game in there? Or is it just fancy facial animations? And it really stood out for not being the typical formula. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, and also, yeah, I think I think uh, CD Underbelly defines this game really well because yeah. like it's it's an exploration of a lot of really grotesque CD shit in in Los Angeles in like was it the 30s or the 40s? The it's 40s. It's it's 40s, post World yeah. War II, uh, which you know because Cole Phelps, the main character, continually has flashbacks to World War II, and it turns out he is haunted by something that happened in the war and. Uh, his one of his former war buddies isn't letting him just wallow in it. You're still beating yourself up over that medal on Sugarloaf. The medal you think you didn't deserve, but you just don't get it. Nobody deserves a medal. Nobody it's just talks the ridiculous like this. situation you find yourself in and how you react to it. You think you failed up on that hill. But courage isn't a tap you could turn on or off. Courage isn't permanent. It's a tenuous and fickle thing. Courage and cowardice exist in every man. Get over it. Yeah. Um, I do like the, the monologuing and the, the level of acting in this game. Uh, and I yeah. remember early on, it's just like, there's like a bunch of people from Mad Men in this. And Rockstar PR was like, oh, yeah, no, we use the same casting agency. So oh, cool. <laughs> there's there's a I lot of just... people, uh, including uh, this superstar. Can you tell us what happened? Well... I uh, came to the window because I heard people arguing downstairs. And what happened? <laughs> I saw a car hit that poor man and knock him down the street. Well, boy, howdy, that's Elizabeth Moss. Oh. <laughs> yes. I, I, I recognize Rich Summer from a mile away because he, yeah. he, he has his own face in the game. Yes, they, well, they all have their own faces. Okay, no, I never knew Elizabeth Moss was in this game. Yeah. I never knew that. Well, it, it's also like... It, the the 3D model isn't such a great likeness to her, but then you see her sketch in the sketchbook, and it's like, oh yeah, no, that is 100% Elizabeth Moss. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah and I think I I don't rem I never watched I loved Mad Men until I fell off it and couldn't. You ever in a non-streaming era like I got the DVDs free from a PlayStation magazine, and I I left off somewhere, and then I was like. Where did I leave off on Mad Men? And I'm reading the episode description. It's like, every episode sounds exactly the same. I have yeah. no idea. I will never get back into the series. But his character, Ken Crossgrove, like, disappears for, like, a, a video game development time <laughs> of absence. Comes um, back with show. an eye patch that he lost by making the game. No. No, I think he literally comes back with a family. Oh. And, okay. and, like, when, the next time you see him on the show. Hmm. Uh, but that happens on Mad Men a lot. I kind of want to watch Mad Men yeah. right now. But that that was so yeah. weird, like watching Mad Men at the same time as playing this, and like I I could not take Cole Phelps seriously because it's like no, it's it's Aaron Staten from Mad Men. Like mm -hmm. I recognize him. It's the it's the wiener blonde guy yeah. from, uh, from Mad Men, and vice versa. Then I couldn't take him seriously on the show because like oh, are you going to interrogate people? <laughs> You're the guy it, it, I spent it, it, forty I, hours playing as. 
I I love that it was the corny forties detective hard knuckle game. I I thought I'd always wanted. Whether that's accurate or not, mm. I can't say. But my Orientalist version of the nineteen forties. This mwah, I'm still trying to oh, get over that really quote earlier. Everyone has courage. Get over it. Like what? What is that? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Get over your courage. Just you know, I know you don't deserve the medal. Who cares? It's a medal. <laughs> Shut up, kid. Yeah. You've been poisoned by your own heroism. <laughs> <laughs> and the morphine that was brought over from the war. That's it's quite, true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but I recommend the VR version of it. Uh, it really breathes fresh life into that game. Is uh, it shorter? It might be a bit shorter because it does cut out certain sequences. Right. And it streamlines the experience a little bit. Yeah, please don't make me drive to work. That's <laughs> <laughs> in VR. All right. Well, let's move along to number four. Truth waits here in the shadows. When love dies, all that remains are the facts. The journey into truth and justice begins. Uh, I love this game. This is the game that you teased up front, Matt. Yes. It's a possible yeah. goatee contender for us. Yeah, Paradise Killer. This yeah. is a game you just you love, Michael. I, I did love. It's a big open world vaporwave investigation game that is super chill. Feels a little bit like... Danganronpa, a, a game that uh, was also a contender for this list, but didn't make it on. Spoilers. But Paradise Killer is, um, it's a little disorienting at first, actually, because it's like, okay, you're an investigator who's basically been banished from this society for thousands of years because you're part of thousands an immortal of cult uh, that continually creates and recreates these island cities in the hopes of creating a perfect utopia, but it fails every single time. And right. you allowed yourself to become possessed by a demon, and you almost destroyed the city, so you were banished, and now you've been brought back because the High Council that banished you all those thousands of years ago has been mysteriously murdered, and they think they have the suspect, but it just doesn't add up. And your job is to scour this island, grab as many collectibles as you can, because a lot of them are clues and will lead you to uh, to new, meet new characters and uncover new leads. And if you want, you can just say, you know what? No, I, I believe the official version of events. It's this one guy who's already in jail. So let's just have the trial now. And uh, here's some evidence. Open and shut case. Yay, everybody go on with your lives. Or you can dig deeper and start really interrogating people, finding evidence against them, confronting them with the evidence. And pretty soon you you assemble an impressive list of suspects. And the game may actually become about like, all right, who do you think deserves to be punished and who deserves to be let off the hook maybe? Or do you want to do you want to play it hard-nosed and punish everyone or do you want to pretend to be incompetent or whatever because this is a, a horrendously corrupt society that uh just kidnaps people from the real world and forces them to live in these uh island pocket dimensions and then once the island utopia fails they say like well i guess we just ritualistically slaughter everyone and start over again yeah so. it's probably what's what's happening uh right outside of the good place at any given time mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Actually no makes spoilers. me think a little bit about The Good Place. If The Good Place yeah. was completely unpopulated 
and uh, you could unlock things like double jumps and air dashes to let you better explore it. <laughs> can you imagine Ted Danson going around doing that? Look at me, I can air dash. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I was trying to do a little bit of research on this game. So I watched like the trailer and some videos because I'm really curious. I didn't hear anything about this, and it actually looks pretty fun, pretty cool. But I, I, I do want to say the accents are incredible. Ooh. How so? They are so intense. Oh, like yeah. I don't like they're striding that fine line between that over performative awfulness, <laughs> but like genuinely like That's my brand, baby. You can enjoy it, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's intense. I might get it just so I can slather myself oh, yeah. in the vaguely British accents. Going like, on. It's, it's relatively inexpensive too, because I picked yeah. it up recently on like a Halloween sale for I think it's normally twenty, and I got it for sixteen or something like that. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. and like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking words. specifically of Doctor Doom Jazz, the shirtless mohawked <laughs> doctor with cybernetic arms who speaks with a super thick Scottish accent. That's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, but one of my favorites, crap. and you, you, it's not Doom Jazz. It's crap. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> you and Chris uh, might appreciate this. One of my favorite characters is Sam Daybreak. And one of the things that you don't just have to interrogate the characters, you can also, there's an option to hang out with them. And what that does is it's like, you just, let's have some casual conversation and we'll just chat about whatever and we'll improve our relationship and maybe you'll tell me some secrets about the other people on the island and what they've been up to once once our trust has improved. Um, but uh, Sam Daybreak is the uh, the Turkish bartender and a lot of your converse, your hangout conversations with him are just about the varieties of whiskey that he's developed over the years and like talks about like, yes, this one goes well, pairs well with this perfect ice globe that I've created through these methods. And uh, but yeah, his his accent is also um, something to behold. And it's also one of those games where it's like there's a lot of chat and a few voice lines, and the voice lines don't always make sense if you listen to them out of context. I am under suspicion, LT. Got it. Sure. Sure. The names alone are awesome in this game. I think, what is, there's there's like Lady Love Die is... is Yeah, is your main character. Uh, And, and, uh, yeah, uh... Doom Jazz, uh, Crimson <laughs> Acid, uh, yeah, Yuri yeah. Knight. It, it's, it's great. You, you know, you didn't explain, Michael. We, we might need to explain what Vaporwave is, because mm. I didn't know that was the name for it. If you lived through the 80s and you ever saw a Trapper Keeper design, that was Vaporwave. It's it's that very yeah. 80s-ish mm-hmm. uh, sort of like neon geometric shapes. Uh, and, and I think I described it earlier as a neon sunset over a 1986 Lamborghini Countach. Yeah, which, yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. a car that exists. Bear with me. <laughs> like, you throw in a sports car into like I assume what graph paper dreams about when it takes acid. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm just waiting for a, a Lamborghini enthusiast to say like, "No, Countaches were made after '84, please." <laughs> like, I mean, that's what comment sections are for. Exactly, apparently. exactly. <laughs> Nobody uses them for that. They and that's why you questions. just reply and remind them they'll never be able to afford one, <laughs> and you shut the fuck up. None of us will. Never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right, all you people afraid of Joe Biden's tax plan. Your eventual Lamborghini. It won't matter then. 
I saw the perfect post today on the Facebook. It was someone that just posted a picture of popcorn ceilings. It's like, if you look up and have this, you don't qualify for Biden's tax plan anyway. You so have nothing to worry about. That was a harsh one. <laughs> that, was, that was really harsh. I mean, I, I'm not one of those people, but like, I didn't need you telling me that about my ceiling. <laughs> it works wonders on acoustics, though. For podcasters, it's fucking beautiful, man. Okay, I'll have to bear that in mind. Um, it's acoustic. It's acoustic ceiling is the actual name. Popcorn is, is the slang name, man. But one, one of my favorite characters in this is also arguably a collectible. <laughs> That is his laugh. Mm. You can, you, when you're walking around the world, you might hear it and be like, oh shit, there's one of him around here. He is a demon named Shinji. And the game establishes that, like, demons are in this universe uh, extra dimensional beings who are always trying to come over into our dimension, space travelers, whatever. Uh, they're aliens, basically. But for whatever reason, they're always trying to infest these utopias built by this cult. And uh, Shinji is coming in at the end, and he's just like, Hey, look, I don't really have any skin in the game. Uh, I'm just kind of curious to see uh, how you solve this. So uh, I'm just going to sit back, and uh, sometimes I'll taunt you, sometimes uh, I'll just offer some conversation, and occasionally I'll give you some useful advice. But in the meantime, I'm just a naked squatting demon with a big uh, smiley face over Right, because who doesn't so. want to be joined by a naked squatting yeah. demon as they do their job every day? Exactly. Yeah. I could totally go for a naked squatting demon with, right in my office yeah, tomorrow. With a big rectangular Perfect. head. And Let's a wolf go. face. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was just me and Spawn. I mean, but, it'd at least be something new. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, yeah, no, that seems like a perfect progression for this year. Yeah, sure. Hi, demon. What's up? Uh, but yeah, uh, Paradise Killer, I, I really enjoyed this. I, I nice. recommend anyone looking for a chill open world experience try it out. In the meantime... Number three. Somewhere in the sore, bloated man meat around you. A sensation. Like a fly to the ointment. Your conscience sticks to it. The limbed and headed machine of pain and undignified suffering is firing up again. It wants to walk the desert, hurting, longing, dancing to disco music. <laughs> you invoked the title. You gave it away. Dis disco Elysium. I need to make it a little obvious. Um, I... <sighs> I don't want to call it overwritten because that sounds very negative, but there's a lot of writing in this game and a lot of it is, is quite interesting and poetic and good. Am I the only one here who's played this or have you guys? I've, I played a demo yes. of it at a PAX mm, a demo. for about an hour. It's, it's one of those games. It seems like a traditional point and click adventure, but you are a detective who doesn't really, isn't really even sure he is a detective. You wake up yeah. on yeah. the floor of a hotel room uh, with your clothes strewn all over the place around you and no memory of what has been happening, who you are, what it is you do. So you kind of have to piece everything together by talking to people. Yeah. And not only are you learning about who you are and what you're doing, you're learning about the world, which you've also forgotten about and which is completely... Mm -hmm. Unlike our own, as you find out going through the game, but yeah, well, not only are you learning about who you are, you're actually 
I remember the coolest mechanic was you're making who you are because as an RPG, yes. the dialogue choices you choose actually flesh out your character like, oh, you're you're shy a lot of the time. OK, you're going to yeah. this is this is your backstory. It starts to fill in basically yeah. your stat are, sheet. Are you apologizing things. for all the things your character did before the game even started? Oh, you're a sorry cop now. That's your cop. <laughs> right, type. Right. You're sorry. Right. cop. <laughs> but yeah, a, a lot of the most important interrogations in this game are with yourself. Like you have a lot of conversations with various aspects of your personality. That deep voice we heard is referred to as the ancient reptilian brain. It's a part of your consciousness that speaks to you. Also, uh, the much whinier limbic system. You wouldn't like it if I told you what was back there. There's this giant ball there in evil apes. And the evil apes are juking it out on the ball. You're one of them. It's basically all just evil apes juking it out on a giant ball. You can't even make out it's a ball when you're juking it out. It's that large. Fine for resources. It's a stupid expression you picked up somewhere. The part of the presentation you want to take home with you is this. You have to beat the other evil apes in the face. Or you lose. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to describe the earth and mankind mm -hmm. on it. But what yeah. it's missing is part of that metaphor is it's also a giant ball that is also a spaceship hurtling through space at tremendous speeds. <laughs> like, always remember that about how yeah, the Earth, that's how true. fast it orbits the sun. I thought you were saying something about the world of Disco Elysium, which is like, oh, I hadn't picked up on that part. But oh, uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you had mentioned the amount of writing mm -hmm. is... There's just a ton of it there, but I think uh, it's my understanding that's a selling point of the game. Is it's oh, just yes, absolutely. absolutely scripted to hell and back. Oh, yes. Like you can pursue the most nuanced yeah. dialogue trees, and you just kind of sit back and you think, how much time did they pour into these thousands of branching possibilities? Yeah, things yeah. that you you'll probably never see as well. Too, it's just like, oh yeah, only you know a certain percentage of people will ever see all of the like. Yeah even part of these branches and it's it's one of those games that playing this and i mean this in the highest as the highest praise uh it's high praise it it made me think what what the hell ever made me think i could be a games writer like i cannot do anything <laughs> even remotely this complicated my god <laughs> yeah they, there's there's a lot of dialogue possibilities um, there's a lot of investigative possibilities because, you know, one, one thing we talked about is we kind of wanted to have a variety of methods for investigating crime scenes in this and talking to people. And in this game, die rolls determine quite a bit. Like, uh, for example, one of the most important ones is uh, this, this is you're investigating the crime of a mysterious half-naked body that's been left hanged out behind a bar. And you gradually learn that, like, I was I came to this hotel slash bar to investigate the body and apparently I took one look at it, went back into the hotel, went on a weekend long bender, and now I can't remember anything. Uh, so this body has been hanging there for some time and uh, you have to get it down and just approaching it, you start to smell it and uh, die roll happens. And you might just lose your lunch right there and not be able to get any closer to the body for a while. Oh. Uh, which, you know, kind of hinders your ability to investigate. And even once you get past that point, that's just preliminary. You have to, like, how do I get it down? Well, you can borrow your partner's gun because you've lost yours and shoot it down. Or you can 
go to the docks and get someone to help you take the body down. But the the dock workers are all on strike and you have to make a deal with <laughs> the incredibly corrupt labor boss. And uh, first you have okay. to do something for him. <laughs> so, I, I love the implication there that you walk up to them and you're like, hey, so I have this naked body mm-hmm. hanging over here. I can't quite reach it. Can you help me yeah, drag well, it down? And their response is, no, well, hold up. I'm on strike. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's well, what's stopping me. That's the other thing. I mean, it's, if you, it's a very it, small town, little neighborhood, and they all know about the body. It's ah, heavily implied oh. they put it there. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so Why they are say, a little if you, if you, reluctant to help you. Not only that, but your authority as a police officer is tenuous at best. Ah. And so nobody really respects you or your ability to, to arrest anyone or do anything. So, well, I was going to wow. say, if you've seen the most recent Borat movie, there's an entire scene where a dude, without question, starts helping him put his daughter back in a crate and, and nailing the crate top shut. It's just like, how, wait, how is that guy not arrested? Like, he's basically assisting with the human trafficking? Like, yeah, yeah. His only crime was being polite. Uh, <laughs> and human trafficking. I and don't think tra- good yeah. Samaritan law applies in that situation, Chris. I'm just saying. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> High five. <laughs> but the die rolls kind of govern a lot of interactions. They govern whether or not like you can persuade someone to help you. They even govern how well you do at certain interactions and performances. And uh, this is a mild spoiler for something that is repeatedly hinted at slash threatened throughout the course of the game. At one point, your character will sing karaoke. And if you don't want to hear what that sounds like, you can skip ahead about uh, 45 seconds, because here we go. This is first pass, then fail. The smallest church in San San. Though it once was larger. It's success. The smallest church in San San. Now it once was larger. So success, you get the uh, ancient reptilian brain sounding like Leonard Cohen. Uh, failure, the limbic <laughs> system takes over and uh, <laughs> and squeals a <laughs> lot. Thank you for that tribute lighter. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of a moving song to listen to, so I didn't want to play very much of it. But um, there is another important musical moment in the game where you can help a bunch of raver punks set up a drug lab in a forgotten church, (laughs) which, you know, great. Or you can not do that. But if you do that, uh, you might go into a trance and become a dance god with this weird dialogue with your spinal column. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Every vertebrate in your spine is an unformed skull ready to pop up and replace the old one. Like shark teeth. The one you're currently in has a little brain forming in it. Waiting for its turn. To rule the world. Good. Because from what I can see, it's about to bust a move. (laughs) I really want to learn to talk like that. 
Good Nicolas Lord. Cage's career took a really you better weird be, you turn. You better be careful. You might end up uh, starring in your own Amazon show. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like Bill yeah. the Butcher. I just can't believe they got Macho Man That's, Randy uh... Savage in his last recording there. That was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Recorded this about ten years before the game came out. Yeah. I rise like cream 2.0. That's what they call it. In this dystopian future. Yeah. I think there's a whole Pornhub category called cream 2.0. Actually, Gross. cream of the crop. <laughs> <laughs> Macho madness is now called toxic masculinity in the future. No, yeah. no, no one made macho men a dime. I lost it there. So You're my perfect video game friend. Yeah. You left wing leading parasite. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, can't, I can't do loud macho man. It's too hard. Yeah, um, too, too old now. But Disco Elysium, I that's uh, yeah, great. Like I really want to play it. It it is extremely good. It takes a little while to get its hooks in. Both both that and Paradise Killer have that in common. I think. Um, yeah. I know that there there were people last year who were talking about this. Like it's one of the greatest games ever. I don't know that I would agree with that necessarily, but it is really good. And it is a lot of fun, and they're like, I, and I recommend if you do play it, try to play it to the hilt. Just lean into all the asshole uh, dumb fuckery that you've gotten up to. Like, yes, I am the type of person who would go on a week long bender and pass out in a hotel room after trashing the place, and I am not interested in <laughs> redeeming myself in any way. Uh, yeah, or I, having an anatomically correct yeah, spinal no. column. Why would you? No. I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah. They're I think all just yeah, little one, heads waiting to emerge. Jesus, that is <laughs> one of the characters says like, "No, you can't possibly secretly be an enforcer for a crime family. You're not stable enough." <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think any drugs were consumed in the making of this game? I mean, I know, I'm just but, listening to some. I'm gonna drugs. guess, I'm gonna guess maybe two drugs, just one or two. Mm. Maybe <laughs> just one. Or maybe two. just one or two. Although there is a political aspect to this, and that it's developed in Estonia, I think, but. A, a good portion of the game is like that you're discovering this world, this city that you're in, Revachol, had like 50 years ago a big communist revolution. And the communists took over, and uh, within a few years, the, the uh, forces of capitalism converged. Basically, a bunch of different nations allied to depose the communist government. So you're kind of in the aftermath of that, where you're your city is considered like this little backwater in a failed state that uh, is kind of eh, not really treated with any sort of respect by the rest of the world. And it's been postulated like this is sort of the developers working through their own experiences with the communist past and dealing with the international community and, and all that stuff. So. All right. Confirmed, by the way, Zaum is located yeah. in uh, Tallinn, Estonia. Oh, yeah. And the, the, this also had a great original title, No Truce with the Furies, which <laughs> welcome, but apparently uh, Warriors reference. Not, not as commercially viable as something with disco in it. As Disco so. Elysium, yeah. 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 When I that's, think that's never to get you viable. a Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. Disco. Disco. Mm. Anyway, on that note, we should probably move on to... Number two. I know you'll recognize that right away, Matt. The greatest audio sting in the history of video games. It's that's pretty uh, good. That's pretty good. Boy. That's that's my dog Obradin. Mm -hmm. Return baby. of the Obradin. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. A, a game where you are an insurance adjuster who is he goes out to a ghost ship in the middle of the night with a magic pocket watch to discover what happened. Why is it a ghost ship? Why is it full of skeletons? Not not like animated skeletons, just just dead ones. Um, yeah, <laughs> just your regular regular yeah. old skeleton. <laughs> just just you know skeletons lying on the ground, and you like might go up to one with the pocket watch and turn it on, and uh, you'll hear this. Captain, open the door. Kick it in. Ah, let's me break it down and take more than those shells. You bastards may take. Exactly what I give you. A moment of death, frozen in time, for you to explore. Mm-hmm. And have you have you played this at all, Eric? Yeah, this is actually the claim to fame. Personally, is this is my current backlog game. Like I told, oh, I told wow. myself when I finish making the game I'm making, I'm going to go back and finish uh, Return of the Oberdin. So my experience with it, I'll tell my quick story with my experience with it, is I first of all, it's just a really cool game. There's no other game like quite mm-hmm. like it. Um, yeah. You can talk about it and realize how unique it is, and then the moment you see the visuals, it's like, oh, this okay, now that's very unique. But I remember when I first started it, you get to that first frozen-in-time death moment where the guy is just like getting shot in the face, right? Mm-hmm. So you can, walk, you can mm-hmm. walk right up to him, and you see like, the, the gun and the flare of the gun and the, the guy getting shot in the face and there's get the wound from you know then you snap back yeah. to current reality and you see the corpse there and I'm, I think I'm about like 90 minutes to two hours into the game so I've gone through several of these scenes but I didn't realize like I can go back and start probably guessing names and causes mm-hmm. of death like that first guy I can probably say, he was killed by a gunshot wound. I'm guessing the guy who got shot in the face was killed by gunshot wound. So I have some ways to go, but I, it, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the thick of it. So I look forward to jumping back in. Yeah. So, okay, we'll, we'll try not to spoil it very much. Oh, go yeah. for it. Um, but, yeah, no, no, no. It's, no, we, we try not to spoil stuff anyway. But uh, it is, yeah, we, we talked about the, the uniqueness of this game is that, like, yeah, you are given... Basically, a manifest that lists the names of all the passengers. Mm-hmm. You are given mm-hmm. a single drawing of like everybody assembled on deck for a hanging, and uh, from that you kind of have to extrapolate who are all these people you're seeing, what are their names, how did they die, who killed them, and like match them to their portraits. And and it's really a fascinating way to construct an investigation. And what's even more fascinating is that what's what would just be events in a story in any other game are always always laced with clues for yeah. example let me on <laughs> over my dead body you bloody dame huh? how is that there's no cause for trouble boys get in the boat For huh? I forget you killed my brother what there was an accident no robes it wasn't his fault I saw the whole thing nice Oh, I shouldn't have waited so long. No, don't! So from that, you can tell, okay, the guy being murdered in this scene is Danish. He was present at an earlier scene that you saw. Where, like, you know, I think they dropped a, a crate on somebody. Uh, yep. This other guy was present there. And from from that stuff, like, you, ha- you now have several clues that you can apply toward uh, reconstructing people's identities. 
Yeah, yeah, and when when the game's at its best is is when it's playing real 4D chess, not mm-hmm. not fake 4D chess, where where you start to have interlaced deaths that the clues sort of rely on one another, and mm-hmm. so it very. So we we should to take a step back. Like the actual gameplay is kind of like think of the game of Clue, where you're trying to guess like like who killed so and so and how did they do it. There's that mixed with a little bit of like think of like. If a dot matrix printer game came to life in 3D, hmm. or as I've described it before, like a Wall Street Journal stipple yeah. painting. Well, like I, I think the specific look that it's trying to achieve is like uh, a Mac game from like 1985. But uh, yeah, but in 3D, which, which yes. is the cool part. That's mm-hmm. the, yeah. Um, the other thing that I, you know, listening to this stuff now, I'm realizing like, oh, you know, it's also like is so when I was growing up, my brother got hugely into old classic like radio plays like mm-hmm. um, they, they would have like Sherlock Holmes radio plays yep. or like the mystery Lux presents. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or go, horror series or The Shadow. Their movies with a half an hour's play of their movie on the radio. Yeah, and and it's he would just, he had like cassettes of all of these these old things, and that's exactly like when you are listening to to all of the deaths in here it's theater of the mind you're, you're basically but but it's theater where you're trying to reconstruct what actually happened in your mind and and it's so cool because it's like there's actually really high production value in this game but it's it's all in the audio stuff you know it's it's like wow these are these are like fully acted out stage plays in an audio form it's great you know yeah yeah and I, i've enjoyed an interesting way to look at it just like going through the game and it really it demands you to take this whole different player protagonist paradigm. Like you're not mm-hmm. you're not rushing through. You're not finding collectibles. You're not stabbing anyone. You're, you you actually have to pay attention a little bit. But it's f- forgiving enough that you can go back in the book. You can relive a previous memory. But I, I I can't compliment it enough. It's just leaves such a distinctive impression. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really it's does. very, it's very cool. We've we've would we've you, touted on this. Would show you believe this is the first before. time I've ever bothered looking at it in motion when these guys keep talking? About it. Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It just, I, you know, well, I, I think have, it came to I Switch have. this year, so it's there's never been a better time to try it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the best time to try it out is right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I, pee, yeah. I, I also love the you don't you don't really hear the main character a lot, but when mm-hmm. you do hear her, it, she's like. So, number one, it's kind of remarkable that a woman is an insurance claims adjuster in the 18th century. Um, but she she's extremely businesslike and brusque with, like, one of the only other living characters in the game. Seems a bit late, if you ask. I didn't. <laughs> What's in the box? I don't know. Hoist it up in a few minutes. Hey! How? Carefully. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She doesn't like him at all. No, no, no. And that's the other thing is the way the game... So this isn't a spoiler, Eric, so don't worry. But, like, the game can end at a certain point or you can just continue to solve all the murders. Like, it, there's basically a point where they let you kind of opt out and finish the game on your terms. But if you really want the true, complete thing, it's like you, you have to... You should try to solve every murder in the book, nice. which yeah. is really cool. Uh, also, I guess this is a little bit spoilery, but there is an achievement for just blaming everything on the captain. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, just just go through, blame every death on the captain. Done. Alright. Let's get nice. out of here. Nice. Back to shore. Anyway... You know what? Uh, no, I hereby declare 
this top five to be over Objection! Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Everyone loves this this game, this series. Uh, and I, I think, like, even though this was a series that had kind of a limited array of things to work with, it's nominally a visual novel. Most of the characters are just seen like, you know, head and shoulders and, and their arms. But they, they manage to emote so much. These silly anime characters, uh, Phoenix and Edgeworth and all, all these insanely uh, Baroque prosecutors who look like they're going to judge Iron <laughs> Chef or something. <laughs> like, yes. It's, it's, I, I think the key to the emoting is they literally take like a key. Like think of every tropey anime reaction to things like the embarrassed anime thing of you scratching the back of your head mm -hmm. with your cheeks getting red. They'll take like a keyframe of that reaction and yeah. it's like, oh yes, I know he's embarrassed because I'm familiar with anime reactions and that is the embarrassed look. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know that person's sleeping because there's a snot bubble going right in front of their nose yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, that's, so they don't have to move a lot. It's an old anime yeah. trick. Yeah, they conveying an emotion in a single in a single stance. They they also yep. convey a lot of emotion with just music and sound, even though the characters don't talk very much. Like, here's a fascinating revelation about one of the the characters on screen coming up during a trial. Oh, the stakes are really high. You've got to introduce the right evidence that'll crack this case wide open. Now it's really on! You've got him on the ropes! Keep pressing! Yeah! Objection! Hold it! Introduce new evidence! Uh, but it's also it's sort of like a Mortal Kombat commercial! Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite songs in all, all of Gamedom. I, I love the Ace Attorney music. Yeah, it's it's, it's turn about whatever, I don't know. Did yeah. you guys ever see the uh, stage play? No. No, no. I, I, I mercifully, mercifully left that out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean it's on YouTube. I've seen clips from it. It's funny. I know it's it's totally unavailable except illegitimately. So yes, yeah. go ahead, find it where you can. But I, I love the the conceit of this game. The idea that like in the future a law was passed that says all capital crimes have to be tried within three days, and the police are incompetent. The prosecutors are cheating. And less time to hold than to hold the presidential election. I yeah. <laughs> you have to. You, it, you, you. It's not enough that they're innocent. Like the prosecutors don't have to prove shit. Really, they just get some obviously uh, <laughs> drunk or incompetent witnesses to say something against the suspect, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the judge, and I'm a big idiot. This, this convinces me." Uh, you, you as the defense attorney have to prove your client's innocent, and you have to do this. By when you're not in court investigating and going to the crime scenes yourself, finding details the police missed, which they always do. Uh, you know, talk, talking to the, the witnesses out of the courtroom, which probably shouldn't do, to uh, spot contradictions in their testimony that you can confront them with later on. And it's great. Like, even Marilyn Manson loved this game. Like, he was talking about, like, yeah, I have this great little Japanese uh, courtroom game. <laughs> It's full of beautiful people. Your wife, your wife loves this game. Uh, mm -hmm. um, your Honor, Your Honor, let the record show that in Apollo Justice, mm -hmm. Ace Attorney, which released in 2007 in Japan, you were already using the sense ability to detect whether someone on the stand was lying or not based on their body language. Ooh. So really, 
L.A. Noir may not have even been as innovative as they were claiming. <laughs> I think you're on Those bastards. There. Yeah. Those bastards. Oh, boy. Sorry. Yeah, I've worked on this series for a little while. But it, 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 fan, the fans are mean. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but I think that's that's a testament to like how Well, you'd be mean, too, how if you, you were never going to get um, the Miles Edgeworth 2, whatever that game's called. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes. I suppose. Yeah. But, you know, there's certain... You know, I don't have to kill myself with a knife because of it like mm. but you know it, it, people like games is all i'm saying so they get to say whatever they want uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah yeah but the game is incredibly charming and yeah it's super secret is that it's always been a detective simulator yeah i i thought i asked someone here is like is this like a parody of what japan thinks of america's law system or it, like, i don't know i don't know what exactly it is because i don't, I don't believe japanese trials conduct themselves like this at all <laughs> No, 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 um, I don't think it's quite like this. I do know it's like heavily based on getting confessions out of suspects, which is a yeah. Weird. But I, I, I think this is a little spin on what they think Western politics are like, and I think that's maybe very cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that does go away a little bit when they introduce like a little bit of the supernatural elements. Mm-hmm. Like you have the pendant you pull out, and all of a sudden the yeah. background goes different colors, and you're okay. Maybe that's not quite. A reenactment. Well, I mean, it has to be. It has to be a Capcom game at some point. You, sure. You'll have to collect a pending, and uh, it'll grant you superpowers, little buffs. Yeah. Well, you know, your was it your uh, mentor's little sister can channel her big sister's spirit, and suddenly she uh, her, her boobs grow like ten sizes. Yeah, I've forgotten. I've forgotten about that, but I've. I've Don't remember. <laughs> that me, yeah, yeah. No that was all the time. There's, there's some, Nice problematic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> occasionally <laughs> turn game, uh, but the, the good side, like, because I think your wife is a fan, Mike. Yeah, no, she no, she's she's actually, I think she's played more of them than I have. I know she played through all of the Layton games, uh, including the Phoenix Wright Professor Layton crossover. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, how could you forget about that? I think that was like the first three D Nintendo published it. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I, I kind of fell off this series after the second game. That was the one with Francisca von Karma. I think mm-hmm. the, the the whip-welding woman who's like, You put my father away. Now I'm I, out for revenge. I'm going to kill you, Phoenix, right? Arr. Um, <laughs> Arr. <laughs> that, was, that was my worst <laughs> worst anything pretty ever. Good. Good it's a pretty good nick. I liked it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it is also weird, like, maybe this is just something from the first game, but for whatever reason, this particular theme became synonymous with the game in my mind. I'm curious to see if it's the same for anyone else. That's the, the Steel Samurai theme. Uh, right. from the first game where you, you have That's to... That's the most memorable quest, yeah. Yeah, you have to exonerate the, the main actor. And I think it's it's so ingrained in my mind because it's like somebody's cell phone ringtone that keeps going off repeatedly. And so you, you hear it quite a lot throughout the game. Anyway, Phoenix Wright, that's our number one. That's our top five detective <laughs> games. According to us, like I said, it's not definitive. Don't don't get angry at us because we forgot X and Y and Z. Never has been. <laughs> three, episode 392. If you haven't figured mm-hmm. that shit out by now, honestly. <laughs> Just the same. Just, maybe this is someone's first time. Maybe we have one of Eric's fans listening and saying... Night. <laughs> I don't know right, what your fans right. are like, Eric. <laughs> but, 
every D- right every yeah. DC character is a detective because they're in detective comics. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh, I hate VGA. <laughs> All right, well, that's a top five. On that note, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk about some uh, new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Better, better, better. So much super angry. Let's run out the century. Who's a little bambi? Never trust a hippie. I'm a pokey bambi. I'll kill a fighter killer in the rock and roll world. I'm a spiky punkers. Believe us in the rain. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I want to talk to you about uh, running a, what do you call it, micro-cinema. Yeah. you got a movie theater in there, but then, like, right now I think you're focusing on the video rental aspect. Yeah, we're not allowed to have... Well, we just don't want to have any public events at the moment. We want to get back to it, but we can't do it. Right. I just don't have more than 10 people in that theater. Right. And you're, 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 you can rent it out. You can rent you it can out. You can rent it out. You Like, Kevin's not saying, anyone at all, come on in. Like, no, 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 you need to take responsibility to say, like, these are the people you want to be around. Right. But yeah, we have it available for private screenings. You can watch whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. 80 bucks for two hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pick any double one of feature uh, Snow White and Salo. You can just do that if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever and, and, you want. You know, I was having a great time like programming certain kind of events for Cap City. Like, yes. uh, and I did a Halloween thing there uh, once mm-hmm. or twice. That's what made Cap City so special. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what makes us special is the people who come in there and host their events. Do you think it's weird that like some movie theater, like movie theater chains, have resorted to that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little, it's a little peculiar. Uh, I talked to our buddy Drew, and he's like, "Yeah, they're playing the Goonies this week. <laughs> that, that's the movie they're showing." Well, it's just like you know, they're struggling to survive, mm-hmm. like we used to have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're we're still struggling, but we have our video rentals to fall right. back on. Our clientele is incredible. Yeah. Like our support group for Cap City. I mean, they've just been. The greatest, like between donations, running out the theater. Mm-hmm. Thing last year, what makes something number one? Like movie theaters make a majority of their money on concessions. And you yeah. have some concessions, but mm-hmm. like that's the thing you can't do anymore. <laughs> you can't cook a ton of food and show right. it your face. You can't yeah. sell popcorn at a 6,000% markup and expect that to make your money in a mm-hmm. movie theater. And all you got now is Christopher Christopher Nolan movies and like what other movie? There was some movie recently like oh, fuck God. it, we're going to theaters and like good luck. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch you if you played for free in the back of my eyelids. But <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna screen in a movie theater during a pandemic. Good for you. It was Tenet and like some Jason Statham. Movie? Yeah, no yeah, Russell Crowe, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, who yeah I would ne- I, yeah I would go out of my way to not watch that movie. Are you crazy? Like, Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment, where we will not waste any time getting to this. We really did it that time. No time wasted. Wow. Positive change is possible. Oh, my God. Michael, actually. <laughs> Before we get into actual games, uh, the PlayStation 5 controller is out now. You can buy it. No, he's holding one. 
He's holding one in his hand. He's showing us. Yes, yes. I I, I bought one. It's mm-hmm. it feels nice. It's kind of heavy compared to the PS4 controllers. Uh, I can't really say how it plays as a controller because uh, I tried using it as a PC controller. Uh, it doesn't appear to work yet with PC games. They might have to release some new firmware. But it did immediately hijack the audio out. So uh, can confirm you can plug a pair of headphones into it. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Did you see Dan's post today? No, like it requires sure. a firmware thingy and it, there, none, none exists yet? Yeah, that's but yeah, like that it's, it's okay. I just I was talking to my girlfriend about that. Like that's another lost area of exclusivity we may not have noticed. We're like... Last generation, basically all the controllers became compatible with almost everything else, mm-hmm. and it's not—it's not completely unlikely that we'll be able to use these controllers on other machines. You, that you could play a game on <laughs> Xbox Series X with a PS5 DualSense controller. I mean, probably not, but we'll see. PS4 controllers will only work on the PS5 for certain games yeah, for or PS4 other. games. But I think somebody said the P- the PS5 controller can't it, like complies with the ps3 for some reason <laughs> yeah i've heard that that it, it won't play with ps4 but it will play on ps3 and also switch right with yeah. with an 8-bit dough adapter so so strange yeah There's so that. strange with but, a game from xcloud right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> all i care about is if the battery life is longer than an hour it's already beaten the ps4 controller for me so what I, I have good luck with a PS4 controller. PS4 controller battery life sucks. It is a known. It is known, as they say. I, I feel like I've played for like nine to ten hours straight. It's just charging it is the fucking shits. It takes it Compared takes hours to, Xbox to recharge. One controllers they hold their the Xbox One controllers hold hold their charge about twice as long as PS4 controllers. I don't. I I, I didn't actually. I didn't actually for my Xbox One. I didn't get the rechargeable because Xbox is still a firm battery believer. <laughs> and I, I noticed very lightly I gravitated a little more towards playing games on Xbox One because my girlfriend, just because she we don't shop the same, she bought like some deal of like 900,000 AA batteries. So I never feel like I need to charge anything. And like, wow, I hate batteries. But like that PS4, like, dude, I'm in the middle of something and I can't play two inches from <laughs> with my shitty USB cable like two inches from the screen uh fuck hurry up and charge and it takes for it takes forever it, i i almost prefer throwing batteries um at santa claus you can always again that's get the that's longer US it's a pennsylvania cables. thing that's uh bleeding into all of us right now <laughs> and you can get usb cables as long as 30 feet probably i, I, I even have extension yeah. cables which like you have to they I should they go like I should halfway get through it's just if you have a uh tech-savvy girlfriend who likes the port, she will steal your cables and lose them, mm. and it'll create weird fights that uh, I don't think anybody in the past would have thought the future would have looked like. No. Mm. Are you are you drying your nails with my fucking controller charger? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> I want a divorce and after we get married. Well, now we, we've <laughs> talked about the, uh, the fancy paddle that's out. Uh, Eric, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Octobug. We talked about it some oh, at sure. the, the top of the show. Uh, not technically a new release since it came out last week, right? Um, yeah, October twenty eighth. So. Yeah. Still pretty new. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, I'm I'm very impressed with what you've done with it. And a game about being a bowling ball shaped spider who uh, runs around and has to kill flies and befriends a mantis with an air horn. <laughs> I, I may be leaving some things out, possibly intentionally. Sure. <laughs> but, I guess it's up to you as the creator how much of this you want to spoil or not spoil. But 
Yeah, thank you. I just I just set out to make a game that uh, I, I, someone recently pointed out to me. They said, Eric, you realize that you got to do something that even a AAA studio doesn't get to do. Like people who work at these places, you got to make a game that was exactly the game you wanted to make. Yep. And so I, I do I believe it's the next indie darling, or am I, am I competing in the double A space alongside Hades or anything like that? No, I, I think I have a very realistic appraisal of it, but I'm also proud of it in the sense that I have room in my life to put something like that out there, and it's exactly what I wanted it to be. And just a quick acknowledgement too of my privilege that. There's a lot of indie developers that they are relying on their releases to support their livelihood. In my case, it's purely a hobby thing. It's a spare time thing. So I was able to make a wacky game. It didn't have to be super commercially viable. So for me, it's just purely a lot of fun. So thank I, you. I got bad news for you. Um, while we were recording, Netflix called and they want three seasons um, of Octobuck. <laughs> See, so I, now I regret it. It's, it's now. Just, it's now your full-time job. <laughs> we'll get the the Castlevania Animation Studio to do it. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, beautiful yeah. fly parts everywhere. Can't wait. You you will be canceled on your season three cliffhanger though. They have that's in the contract for all Netflix shows. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it is it is a very fun platformer. Um, I've take it from me, I've played it a couple of times. It's oh, great. There might it. be reasons for doing that. Yes, of course, played it. Mm. I'm not a total rube. Uh, mm. Tell me what your game is. Oh, what's a platformer? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was it was on my list of things to do, but this mm. week has been insane. Yeah, we are. Well, yes, yeah, we is, are recording at a unique point in American history yeah. slash the world, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, what a what a time! What a time! Yeah, assuming assuming the world still wants anything to do with us after this, <laughs> yeah. but they don't know. right now. We're not even allowed to yeah. go to the rest of the world. I know yeah, uh, that's uh, true. Yeah, I might as well play my spider game. Just stay home, play Octopus. Please, yeah, so play please. The spider game. and that that is heal the nation. We're recording this. By the time this comes out, the makeup of reality may have shifted significantly. <laughs> we don't yes. know. It's an <laughs> uh, I, not a joke. Um, I have been in bed since four in the morning, and I woke up to do this. Mm. Uh, that is what the world is like on a Wednesday evening. <laughs> I'm just comparing you to like the work ethic of Anderson Cooper, who also went to bed at four a.m. Eastern time, but like was up at like seven a.m. their time and reporting. <laughs> hey, again. hey, hey! To be fair to me, uh, I did all that shit for a lot of meaningless stuff over the last twelve years, and <laughs> this is the one thing I tried really hard at. Threw my money around, donated my time, tried to push a correct message, and I'm just very, very depressed. America, I guess this is you. <laughs> I gotta, gotta learn to accept you, or accept that I'll spend the rest of my life fighting you. Love um, it or leave Octobug, it. I mean, Oct- I would love to leave it. It's, have you looked into that process? It's hard as fuck. No one wants us. We're gonna, we're gonna be the ones being turned away at the Mexican border in like two weeks. <laughs> Uh, but Octobug is great. Octobug, everyone. Go play it. Three bucks. Itch.io. Um, there is some other stuff that uh, came out this week. Uh, it's all racing games. Um, this was the driving good. week. Yeah, driving game week for some um, reason. And it is the most Need for Speed thing ever this generation to release a Need for Speed remaster like the week before new consoles come out and not have the have it come out for the new consoles. Like that is some shame. Need for Speed shit. <laughs> 
That's a fucking shame. Because it's Hot Pursuit, right? It's Hot Pursuit Remastered. It's the 10th anniversary the, of Hot Pursuit. The best Need for Speed game ever made. It, it's excellent. And the more people who are playing it, the more fun it is. Because the online is just absolutely wonderful. Hmm. And I say this as a guy who uh, does not like cars in any sense. I just love arcade racing. And their multiplayer lobbies. I, I just I never got a complaint from my ex-girlfriend about gaming. Until playing this game until like five in the morning, because four people in sports cars, four people also in sports cars who are mm-hmm. cops, and it's just sirens the entire time, <laughs> the whole time. All you all throughout her apartment with sirens, and she, like more than any shooter, she hated this game. But it was so addictive, it was so pretty, it was so fun. Uh, they even have like a. There's a hidden Mario Kart-esque level of like making sure you can't really ever get too far ahead Mm -hmm. of anyone. So there's always something to do with the four-on-four multiplayer. But I love. I think Hot Pursuit is the best Need for Speed game ever. Does this one have cheesy FMV? No, no. This is. I think this is this Criterion's first Need for Speed. I think it might be. I think it might be Burnout. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was Paradise, but maybe not. Oh, it might have, no, it might have been. No, but no like, I'm thinking I think, of Burnout Paradise. Never yeah, mind. Burnout Paradise, which has a remaster that's out I, too. Then I think you might be right. Yes, Hot Pursuit. This game's so old, it was appropriate to make hot fursuit jokes when it came oh, out. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. When you talk about my dedication, there's videos of me playing this game for 24 hours with the public and then going nice. into work the next day. So I, I used to try, oh. yes, but now I just succumb to depression, get in the fetal position, mm-hmm. and try and sleep as long hey, as we all need a hobby. The last Need for Speed um, game I played was Most Wanted, yeah. and that had definitely had the FMV cheesy video stuff, and was very cool. This had none of that, and I, I encourage people to maybe ignore... I, I don't think Need for Speed is... I think it's one of the weirdest franchises I've ever heard of. They try and reinvent what they do with every series, therefore alienating the fans of the previous game and alienating potential fans but this is if you don't think you like need for speed games you might like this because mm. it really is just all like cat and mouse get away from the cops as quick as you can and it's just so simple and it's done so beautifully i was looking at old footage of me playing and i bought it on i think it's the last ea game i bought on steam before the great big uh origin EA, exodus uh, origining the origining yes the origining it looks excellent i, I think yeah. it still looks really good i'm yeah i'm sure i'm sure this remaster will look game. even better uh mm-hmm. another driving series that always looks very good but really just is not my thing is is dirt has a new version dirt 5 is out um these are games I feel like I've I've gotten one for free as as part of one of these you know games with gold programs or something over the year and I've you know played it but I kind of every time I play one of these I go yeah I, I kind of got my fill of rally games back with the is it the Colin McCree games or whatever all right yeah Colin McCree I think it, that is dirt yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he died so he couldn't uh, yeah. he couldn't sponsor them anymore ah well and Mad Dog McCree wanted too much money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's gold in this here Subaru. I, I mean, absolutely. Day one. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so there's right. a new dirt. Mm-hmm. No, no Joe, just dirt. Um, I, I did want to just very briefly, because we're so light on new releases, I wanted to expound a little bit more on a game I've been playing nonstop, which is a game called Watch Dogs Legion. Um, I, um, the more I, time I put into this game, it's so strange. Like I, I really love Watch Dogs 2. But I didn't ever finish Watch Dogs 2. There was just yeah. something like, I think it was just there was too much to do. Some level of, like, you know, that like 
the thing where you just get frozen by choice in like a toothpaste aisle. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, there's too many ways to approach this mission. Legion does manage, I think, in its streamlining of certain things to eliminate a little bit of that for me where I just I feel compelled to play it where I'm just like I want to collect all the tech points. I want to I want to go do this quick mission cuz none of the missions take that long. And there's something just it it introduces just a little bit more freedom but the the fact that I can hop on a cargo drone anytime and float <laughs> above the city and not have to worry about the bullshit of the open world game mm. and just kind of go to my destination is actually like it's really refreshing and it's just like yeah this, I'm, I'm, I kind of get into a groove, and I kind of laugh at the stupid dialogue, and I'm just like, <laughs> the okay, The first time fine. I got on that, that, that cargo drone outside of a mission, I, I can just do this whenever I want. I swear to God, I heard Falcor never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> it does kind of feel like I would being never on stop magic carpet. That. It, it is yeah. it is the best way to enter and exit any mission of just like yeah I'm gonna fly in on my drone and then when I'm done here rather than worrying about like being chased by cops you know in a car I'm just going to fly away in my drone. It's, it's that comic meme of like uh, you can't run away from your problems, but he could. He had a cargo <laughs> drone and he he did it all the yeah. time. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of like in in those like big open pit construction sites if you're doing a mission there like fly in on a construction drone. Uh, hover way above where no one can see you and use that vantage point to control other drones to do your bidding down below. And, and I've, I have at this point now, one, one of the things, so Michael, you gave a great hot tip last week is like, don't worry too much about recruiting people. Mm -hmm. And I will reinforce that because like by doing the missions, the story missions, or by liberating the sections of the city, which yep. is also it's a very nice checkboxy thing that they basically copied over from Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which no other Assassin's Creed game that I'm aware of did, and everyone should because it's a really cool thing to do. Both games set in London. How about that? Okay, but they they um <laughs> they give you the best the crew in the game. They give you the best operatives through mm-hmm. unlocking those cities, and so you'll get all of the various kind of archetypes just by doing that. And so now it's like, oh, I need to go in an Albion building. Shit, well, I better pull up my Albion operative. I can just stroll on in. As long as I don't hover in one place too long, no one notices me. It's fucking dope. Construction site. Oh, let me just pull up Harold, my construction worker, who's fucking awesome, uh, who has a nail gun that he can shoot dudes with or a wrench. But he can just walk around construction sites and no one gives him any shit. And you can just like... It is like it feels like you have the game on cheat mode, but it's actually like, oh no, I'm playing the way they intended right. me to play this game. You're like that's the whole allure of that operative system is yeah, you can kind of get in anywhere if you blend in, you know? Yeah, yeah. I look forward to seeing if future games kind of adopt this idea of it's not quite a non player character because you might potentially play them. Like what do you even call that category yeah. of character in a game when you're plotting out the design, you know? I believe they say, they say APCs, all player characters. Uh, yeah. They are getting hit a little in reviews, I think, for like, it introduces some challenges to the story because you don't really feel much emotional attachment to like a protagonist sure. because it can be anyone. But you end up feeling more attachment because you're like, well, this is my character that I own. Yeah, it's that, that XCOM sort of attachment. Sure. Mm. Like, for example, there's someone that I recruited just because... Sometimes the proc gen some, does some really fun shit with, with the APCs, if, as, as Michael called them. Mm-hmm. I went and there was like this 70 year old lady 
who had a facial tattoo of a skull and a mohawk and nose rings and earrings, but she talked like a prim and proper like British <laughs> grandmother. And I'm like, oh, I am fucking recruiting you. Like, and 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 I had to like do like three missions to win her over. Um, but I'm like, worth it, worth it. And now she like rocks. She's one of the drone experts, so she rocks those like cool computer mm. shades at all times now. Yes, and it's just yes. like. Dude. Was, the, was the final mission give us a kiss <laughs> she, she, she literally talks like that it's so great so, yeah. I, I think I have at least a couple of operatives who are like that but uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. and I, I, I also remember like what is it? I, I unlocked uh, the spy by by uh, liberating one of the, the burrows and, yeah. and I was just yeah I'm gonna get a really cool James Bond spy and he's like this kind of twerpish guy in like a bow tie. Oh, I'm, I'm ever so nervous. Like, oh man. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, but I guess you're cool. <laughs> but his car shoots Great. missiles. You, yeah. So your car shoots missiles and you have a silence I, I pistol. Went, so. Did all this subterfuge and somehow ended up with Hugh Grant on my mm-hmm. team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole building then. Evans, Evans, no. Well, what exactly <laughs> makes you spy? Well, uh, uh, I, 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 I bought a watch that uh, disables weapons uh, of nearby combatants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a prime minister who, who never works. And that's, 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 that's a love actually yes, reference yes. for the ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, yeah, um, but yeah, go buy Watch Dogs Legion, I guess. Uh, but but there's an, another open world game coming out next week that is yes. exciting uh, that we'll talk about next week when everything else launches. Uh, mm-hmm. In the meantime, let's move along to. I have to caveat that this with like apparently publishers and game makers kind of got the message that we might have something going on in America this week because it was a very light news week. But I took the opportunity. Chris, you should be thanking me. This is the most Chris centric news list I have ever. Put oh, together. I was gonna, I was going to bring up something. I, I have never craved. Dude, I need a, like a massive triple A new game now more than ever. And. Right now, I need the distraction so bad. Miscalculation, I'm saying, game, Way to game go. makers. Oh, sure. You yeah, have, yeah, yeah. You should have something mm. following the election to but drown we, we, someone's. We stuff. have some coming up, and in one of the games coming up, uh, they revealed one of the coolest things ever. So, uh, Spider Man Miles Morales includes oh, yeah. the Enter the Spider Verse costume, and the suit, in addition to being, you know, looking identical to the one in the movie, it also has that lower frame rate animation. Yep. So, it Oh, behaves like like your character so cool. in that movie. Yeah, that's super. Cool. I hear a special move is just is just putting a hand on a shoulder and going, "Hey." <laughs> <And> <laughs> in addition to that, hey. that is actually an ability that you can then you know the way Spider Man works is you can put abilities on any of the suits once you've unlocked a suit, so you can get that cool framey animation with any of the Spidey suits oh, in that yeah. game, which right. is really fucking cool. Uh, and then when you wear that suit. The comic book like sounds like like thwip and all that stuff like mm-hmm. appear in the game world around you, which is just so fucking choice. I love it. You can you can wear the mask, and the second you arm it, like it just cues up Biggie Smalls. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I love. It. By the way, Spider Man to the Spider Verse, best movie of the decade. Listen to that podcast. Uh, I did not have a lot of arguments on that. Certainly, the mm. best Spider Man movie. Probably of any of them that have ever come out. So, yeah. Best movie ever. 
Suck it broke back. Again, I'm sorry. again with the very Chris-centric news, but this is also something that saddens me slightly, but don't worry, there's a silver lining. Um, Jason's going to hell, or at least his servers are, because oh. Friday the 13th, the game, is receiving its final update uh, in November, and dedicated servers for the game are being shut down. Um, this, of course, is related to the fact that the developer... They had to stop producing new content for the game due to the the overarching Friday the 13th franchise lawsuit, which Chris knows in depth about, and I'd love for you to, to expand on I, that. I did, but it's like, um, it, it involves the um, the screenwriter, um, uh, Victor something, and Sean Cunningham, the director of the first film, and something about... Something about uh, how the rights to something you write after 35 years go back to you and the director and overseer Sean Cunningham of the Friday the 13th saga is fighting tooth and nail to keep that from happening and therefore they can't really approve new DLC or new content for Friday the 13th and again it's, it was always a very simple game with a lot of fun outcomes and what made that different is every couple of months they'd like release something crazy and new and not being able to do that like yeah I sort of get it the game has to die a quiet death you yeah. know, like a, an unrelated IP lawsuit. Well, and it's, they it's did, dying an official death, but it's the good news mm-hmm. is it's not dying, dying. So we, the, the dedicated servers are being switched off, but the game will mm-hmm. still be playable via quick play and private matches um, in peer-to-peer servers. So you'll still be able to connect with other players, which, of course, those have their, you know, it sucks. Like it's if just so weird a to think connection. about because, like... Uh, if you ever played that game as Jason, like those are just cheats. <laughs> like those are cheats you would find in any other game that would ruin a game, but those are Jason's abilities to be yeah. able to teleport mm-hmm. and see through walls and shit. Yeah. Those are his abilities. So I, I I'll be curious to see how that game operates in the trust system with people who still care about it. Well, the, the other thing, too, is the database servers are remaining active, so all of your progression and unlocks will carry over. Um, and then they are, because it's kind of like they're sunsetting the game, they are extending the thing that they started during the COVID-19 pandemic where uh, they're basically going to have an indefinite event of double XP, uh, tape drop rates, and then is CP a, a currency in that game? I'm totally... Mm. I, I've only played yeah. it a few times. Yes. But- but yeah, so the, all of that stuff you get double double the rate on, and and will since the database servers are still live, you'll you'll be able to kind of carry all that stuff over, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of the end of the official era of Friday the Thirteenth, the game. But fans will carry on that legacy. So and uh, gun gun media will live on in whatever that Predator game is. I yeah, know I'm talking that's, about yeah, they switched over their dev, dev resources to that Predator game. Yeah. Uh, oh, another a, another story here for one. Chris. Uh, Arcade One Up, uh, which Chris oh I didn't know you were going to bring it up. Introduces it up. its first sit down arcade driving cabinet. How, how um, is that going to work at the one third scale? You have to squish down. It's like tiny. a little tiny bench. It looks like a little like a school desk or something. Uh, it, yeah, I think the it's it's weird when you buy these arcade one up things because a lot of companies get exclusives and exclusive stools and marquees. This is the only one that's weirding me out because, like like Michael said, the arcade one-ups are three-quarter size. You can buy a riser for them to bring them up to normal arcade length. But this is the first machine with pedals. And yeah. I'm not asking you to be excited about that. I'm not asking you to like racing arcade games as much as me. I'm not asking you to have your favorite arcade cabinet be OutRun. Like, I love OutRun. I have a marquee behind me somewhere, assuming I'd never be able to put an OutRun machine in my house. And now I can <laughs> for... 
I've never paid more than 50 bucks for one of these things, but for, uh, for $400. So I think they have a sit-down one, and they have a, a riser that keeps mm. the pedals in. It has, it has, yeah, it has both pedals and a little mini wheel. Like, it's a, it's a straight-up, like, racing cab. Um, and it's not just OutRun. Wow. That's exciting. No, it's it's a bunch of other... OutRun is one of the sturdiest franchises in gaming, and most people have no idea. Yeah. So I it, love it. Sorry, it, I'm it, a huge it OutRun It includes 1986's OutRun, 1989's Turbo OutRun, 92's OutRunners, and 1988's Power Drift. So four games in one in a sit-down cab, which... I don't know. I've heard story of people modding those cabs to maybe play any racing game you want to play. So. I'm, I'm saying it's exciting for people who are just like pure arcade one-up fans and like the idea that they're recreating their old, favorite old arcade cabs. But for modders, my Star Wars machine is supposed to be my dedicated driving cab, and I do have to kind of wonder now, do I want those pedals? And mm-hmm. I, I do want to remind people who don't care about this. I've had a great time restoring these arcade machines, um, and Black Friday is coming up. And so not only is this being announced and this will be released in December, that means everything you've seen in your local Walmart, Target, Costco will probably go on significant sale, if not Black Friday, but before. And mm. last year it was like a hundred, like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars for five hundred dollars worth of arcade machine. Nice. So keep, please keep an eye out for that. I think it's a really, it's a, one of the most fun aspects of gaming I discovered during the pandemic. I love arcade one up. I nice. like how you say restoring when you've just been modding and assembling these things. No, 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 no. You can, you can, uh, you, I, I added Sanwa parts to mine. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I added a better monitor. You can even change the trajectory of your monitor. You, uh, if you not, I've shown you pictures of my cab, you probably don't notice that I am, those are vinyls I have custom laid. Oh, hmm. And uh, put put down and installed myself. I've installed different team molding. Yes, Michael, it is restoration. It didn't always have a light up marquee on my on my Pac Man machine. Right, I did that. Right. Wow. Fair well, enough. if you if you're into restoration and classic arcade games, you uh, well maybe if you're in Japan, you might have access to some uh, games coming on the market because. Well, sad news. Uh, Sega is selling off its arcade business due to COVID nineteen. Uh, Sega Sammy, the parent company that owns Sega and all of its various businesses announced it's agreed to sell 85.1% of its shares in Sega Entertainment, which is their arcade and amusement center business in Japan. They're, the good news is um, the arcades are not closing yet. Uh, they're selling those to Japanese company Genda, which stands for Global Entertainment Network for Dreams and Inspirations. Um, they specialize in, in operating arcade equipment. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst acronym I've ever heard in my Genda. life. <laughs> I, Maybe I in Japanese so it means much. something. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's very pleasant over there. Here it sounds like pure evil. It's a, it sounds like a, a Godzilla boss over here, like a Godzilla monster. <laughs> what, what's that going to do to future Yakuza games? Because the, the Sega Game Center is always like such a big, important part of Kamuro Cho. Yeah, well, you know, we, we might, if you want to see, if you're in the USA, they do operate a couple arcades here. There's one called Kittleton, which is a Chuck E. Cheese type facility in Texas. So folks in Texas, uh, please tell Time us how, how they run their arcades. But yeah, so I, it's kind trip. of an end of an era. Like Sega, mm-hmm. Sega and Band, and Bamco, Bandai Namco are, were like the two Taito, big yeah. arcade companies in Japan for years and years and years. And at this point, like, yeah, end of an era. So I, I want to call it a short-term solution, but like we don't know how long this thing will be with us, and whether it'll mutate, modify, or we'll have another one later on. 
it is a bummer that we'll have to romanticize playing together in person. Yeah. Here's, I keep telling people, I keep, uh, uh, it's not just that I'm always depressed, but I prefer sleep because my dreams have been wackadoo. And the biggest wackadoo one is that Sammy of Sega Sammy, everyone forgets that merger because most Americans don't know the company Sammy, that Sammy broke off from Sega and ran for president and was winning. That was like a dream I had two, day, two days ago that we were almost having to welcome a, a Sammy presidency. Oh, man. Uh, wow. That's how my brain works. Don't just don't dissect this. That also blows my mind because the first time I ever heard of the company Sammy was through its subsidiary American Sammy, which was releasing a little yep. game on Nintendo NES called Amagon. Amagon. <laughs> the company that made Amagon got to swallow up Sega in later years. No, they merged, they merged and they made yeah. they they have an awesome little uh, metal slug clone where you ride around on dolphins. I forget what it's called, but Adam showed it to me. It was glorious. <laughs> if you're Japanese gamer Sammy, it's like we didn't know none of us knew who Bandai was when Bandai merged That's with Namco cuz well, we, we knew it if you, you knew it if you like imported many toys in the 80s because right. they made like 90% of Japanese toys, which I which I did not cuz I grew up in the 80s as not a millionaire. Mm. Ooh. With with the Ooh. internet, <laughs> my dad went on business trips. He'd bring me back bootleg transformers from Taiwan. Some of them would be branded with Bandai. Who, who's been to Japan before? Yeah, not me. This group, nobody. Nobody's no. ever been. I mean, I it doesn't I, exist. I have, and I've been to, I've been to those arcades a bunch. And um, I think the weird thing is, it's like I was like, there is. Even five years ago, there's not a lot of people in here, and and I, I like this, and I, I'm glad this exists. There's not a lot of people in here, but then I went, you know, everywhere I went in Japan, it's like, other than like intersections and pedestrians, there's not a lot of people in any store, really. <laughs> um, I don't know what would have made that a profitable business, but like I love arcades so much, and I would do anything to see them stick around. And good luck to whatever evil corporation Matt. Said earlier. Genda! Genda. <laughs> Which, again, Genda. that's like Godzilla fight versus Genda is like the perfect movie <laughs> I want to see let's, now. Let's hope they're not using them as fucking chess pieces and some horrible, that horrible thing that lost us all of our toy stores in America uh, from two years ago. Um, I should mm. clarify, by the way, this in no way does this deal impact any of Sega's uh, video game, like home video game division. So that would include uh, Sega Sammy and Atlas as well. Because that's the other one we always forget that they are technically merged with. Like when you, when there was an E3, you would go to the quote unquote Sega booth and there's Persona mm -hmm. and stuff there because it's like, they still kind of like right. separated them, but it's like, oh, here's a little Atlas section. Oh, here's the other mm -hmm. Sega stuff, you know, with Sonic. Here's right. Creative Assembly. But it's it, it should be said that like, we have a lot of, like they just brought back Daytona, House of the Dead has been an arcade mainstay, yeah. and and even if we haven't seen versions on consoles, like right. Sega has had a vested interest in developing arcade games and series, and and so is Nintendo and and Capcom. That's a great all point. This. I mean, fortunately, yeah, like, arcades no longer serve as a pipeline to home games yeah. like they used to back in the eighties. Like you know, the before it was kind of like, oh yeah, the home console versions came after the arcade. That hasn't been the case for for twenty years or more now. So. Yeah, there's 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 kids like I think even Matt, your kids' age, they may know of Luigi's Mansion from the arcade thing that you could only play in a fucking Sega 
uh, arcade for a little while. Wild. And uh, yeah, that's a huge. Like I went to I went to an arcade recently that was just like this other otherworldly version of an arcade I didn't want to exist, which was like all DC ticket drop games uh, with old licenses and like yeah, Injustice playable, it, and it's the fucking mobile version. I'm like I want out of this reality. <laughs> <laughs> Touch screens are the only controls kids understand. <laughs> no, I hate this. But the the arcade went up is a big deal because uh, bring arcade games in your home and like it is really fun to figure out what you want your physical experience to be. And it's not something a lot of us think about. It, what, and what you're basically buying is a monitor, buttons, and a fucking wheel and pedals. Hmm. Who the last uh, first party people to make a, a? I remember my buddy who mods arcade machines. He like ripped my fucking Xbox 360 racing wheel and uh, pedals away from me. He's like, you're not using this? Holy shit, this is so coveted here. Because no one's making that anymore. Um, but I love the arcade r- driving experience, and I'm sorry, I'm babbling. Leave me no, alone. no, no. It's <laughs> great. Like I said, slow news week, and I yeah. basically handpicked all of these items just for you, Chris. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Were you trying to make me feel better after this terrible I week? I was. I was. Someone you seemed a bit down. Um, and that's all the news that is fit to play. Well, that brings us to our community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, what's a historical setting you'd like to see more horror games set in? Uh, Eric, you weren't here last week. We traditionally ask our guests uh, if they have an answer. Um, I don't know if, how much of a horror game fan you are, but uh, do you have an answer? You can just pick a city you yeah. don't like that you want to see something horrific happen to. Them. Maybe a hundred years <laughs> <Sure>. ago. <laughs> I'm thinking of like uh, early 20th century, like in the bayou. Ooh. Like just because I love... Um, like this is so random all of a sudden, but like I I love the Disney villain Doctor Facilier from The Princess yeah! and the Frog. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got voodoo. Uh, I got hoodoo. I got things you ain't ever even tried. <laughs> Have you done your homework on Chris or something? <laughs> I, I love it. I watch this. I watch the movie every Halloween. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, so good. yes. It makes like you that, very happy. If you could just keep, if you could keep that whole vibe up for the whole game. I, I'm, I'm down. I'm in. It's my favorite. It's the last Disney traditional animated movie that's not Winnie the Pooh, and it goes out with a fucking bang, especially with the yeah. Doctor Facilier sequence. That's the coolest sequence in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I has to be. And it's yeah, Keith I mean, David. I if, it's- I, if, if we haven't said that, it's Keith David singing, who, which he said he never did before this movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, not even in the shower. He only does spoken word. I got word. friends on the other side. Nice. At the at the end when they drag him away, he's like, "No, no, mm. I just need more." time just move more time oh so good tiana put on the fucking glasses put on the glasses tiana you seeing frogs with the, oh, i love i oh, god damn it i love you eb uh <laughs> octobug forever for bringing up dr facilier <laughs> well first answer on videogamepocalypse.com was colin o'hara who says i recently read a book about the revolution in ireland right after world war one I. I think then would be a fascinating time period for horror from the British perspective, it almost was really horrific as patrols would go out into the countryside and just disappear. Or people would show up at someone's house and take them into the night and they would just disappear as well. As the war went on, it became true that this happened to both sides. Add that with all the crazy legends of the Irish countryside, leprechauns and fairies aren't actually friendly, and I think you would have an absolutely chilling atmosphere for a game. 
Yes, I, I can't imagine why the Troubles aren't more fertile ground for video games. Yeah, most of what I know about that Irish Revolution I learned from watching Boardwalk Empire where they're selling yeah. a bunch of guns to Irish revolutionaries. Mm. Uh, mad shout out to your dog's costume this Halloween, oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah. That, was, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Glad you yes, like it. I made that, that little cardboard hat in about 15 minutes. That was awesome. Oh, that was, that was the, the icing on the nucky cake. Oh, I'm very happy with this. Speaking of gangs in the New York slash New Jersey area, uh, Kyle Howard says, mid-1800s New York City, gangs of New York era. That setting is already very chaotic, but the mystique of the tall tales that were told about the gangs and their key players would make for an interesting twist on the folktale-style horror game. Maybe blend in that flavor of American tall tales. As long as you get Daniel Day Lewis back for okay. Bill the yeah. Butcher, yeah, Bill the I'm down. Yeah, I don't even remember what voice he was doing. I haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> it, I mean, it was it was very much like yeah. Now that he says that, it's like oh yeah, they created these like folklore villains out of mm-hmm. guys like Bill the Butcher and stuff. Like yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's some fertile ground there for some fucking horrific shit. Handsome Ralph says, uh, I would love to see a horror game set in the early days of space exploration. Mm. Uh, I remember uh, learning years ago that the Soviet cosmonauts were issued either a pistol or a shotgun in their survival kit in case they landed in a more remote region of Siberia (laughs) upon the return to Earth and needed to sit tight for a day or two before being recovered. Ever since hearing the story, uh, I thought that would make one hell of a horror game setting. Barring that, um, there's also the Lost Cosmonauts theory. Uh, too long, don't read. Yuri Gagarin uh, wasn't the first man to enter space. He was the first one to get to space and return to Earth alive. <laughs> um, that, I think, would be a great new setting for a horror game. I, I'm i intrigued more by your first premise. A guy who comes... Have you heard about... Have you seen when, when people from space come back to Earth and they're like... Their uh, organs stop moving in zero gravity? Mm-hmm. And just sink into their body, and it's basically like their whole internal, all of their internal organs get bruised, and they're sick for like a day. Yeah. And if you've ever yeah. you ever seen them taken out of the shuttle, they are taken out like, uh, w- like on their backs because they can't right. move. So like, yeah, dude, a guy, a guy, a guy entering back into Earth from space who's hurt in an enemy in like a neighboring enemy country that is a great premise for a horror yeah. can, can i throw out a quick idea please? yeah please yeah do it please so so imagine like you're the president mm-hmm. and oh, you're suddenly you're suddenly called into this emergency meeting right your, your yeah. chief of staff yeah. is there military is there nasa's there and they say okay we're all going to listen to this transmission and they hit play and the one spaceship that's due to return back to atmosphere in like 30 minutes, all it is is like the guy on board is just like screaming and he's saying, hit the self-destruct, shoot us down, don't let us come back. Mm. But then when you reinitiate contact, he seems okay. Mm. He's like, no, that was a false alarm. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Nope. Everything's cool don't. here. Don't. Seems like you got yourself it. one of the thing situations. <laughs> I mean, again, we're, I encourage everyone to Okay, you're the game maker, so if you want to give that away for free, you go ahead. <laughs> and 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 then second, try to think of somebody other than the current president who wouldn't allow a cruise ship of infected people to come. On. Sure, yeah, right. yeah. He, he likes Earth where the soil. numbers are, right where they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when you said let him die, the, the president in an emergency meeting, and like chief of staff is there, and I thought you were going to say, and Castro's there, and zombies are in the <laughs> Pentagon. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to workshop it a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Michael work- workshop for sure. <laughs> no, that, that is the plot of like we, one of the Call of Duty Zombies missions oh, with true. Kennedy and Castro mm-hmm. and a couple of other guys. Well, here you go. Here's here's a quick idea. You're an astronaut. He comes back to Earth, see, mm-hmm. but when he wakes up. The humans are no longer there, and it's just a its a world run by apes. Mm-hmm. Stop me if I you heard this it. one before. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you're so awesome. glad to be away from Earth, ex- <laughs> except for Johnson, the most precious cargo we brought along. <laughs> All this lovemaking with no love. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the... Laser Time Facebook group. This is uh, Keith Levis says, I think some kind of game set during the Spanish Civil War could be interesting. Yes! With the implications it had for the lead up to World War II and the people that participated in it. Orwell, Hemingway, etc. I think maybe a narrative adventure game could work for the setting. I like the way it was already explored in film in Pan's Labyrinth. Damn. Nice. Uh, Keith, nice you're call. a man after my own heart. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I learned that a lot of Laser Time fans are history buffs just pulling these answers. There were so many deep like history references. I'm like, okay, I see you. Interesting. Nerds, I see you. <laughs> my grandfather's fought in the Spanish Civil War, sort of. Although, yeah, for the Iraqis. <laughs> for the Iraqis. <laughs> sure. And he was he was on the Republican side, although I've been repeatedly told like, no, he wasn't politically active it just he happened to be living in madrid at the time and got <laughs> drafted to the republican side and uh he mostly like he was on a squad whose responsibility was to develop uh countermeasures for chemical weapons so it's like yeah if you you know if you piss on a cloth you can breathe through it and it'll filter out uh some <laughs> nerve toxins oh imagine if that was your family legacy michael mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah my grandfather accidentally discovered the cloth pissing oh, technique. That, that was, that's been known since at least World War One. Come on. Uh, <laughs> World War number one. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's the first remedy they always tried back in the day. Like, we'll piss on it and see what happens. It's like, oh, you got stung by a jellyfish? Piss on it. Piss on it. I have to pee. Why don't we try peeing on it? Piss a bird on it. <laughs> Just some fucking one pervert is always yeah. the guy to recommend that. And then the one time it finally worked, he was shocked. Yeah, there's there's a key and peel sketch in there somewhere. Yeah. Like the fat guy, why don't we try eating him? <laughs> Shut up, Rodrigo the pervert. You're always telling us why <laughs> some things. Rodrigo el perverto. <laughs> uh, Daniel Peckham says, honestly, more old West horror games would rock my mm. proverbial mm-hmm. spooky socks. I love the weird West genre that mixes in werewolves, vampires, zombies, and even Frankenstein creatures in with rootin' tootin' cowboy shenanigans. I know we got Undead Nightmare, which was awesome, but a full-blown remaster of that from the ground up, yes please, would be awesome, as well as some games inspired by the works of horror author Joe R. Lansdale, best known as the creator of Bubba Hotep Movie and Story. Bigger bonus points would go to games that let you play as said monsters, as well as cowboys. Boy, do I got a game for you. Uh, Weird West is an upcoming release by Devolver huh. Digital, or might already be out, that uh, focuses just on that. There's another game Coming called soon. Hard West that's also like that, oh. with like an XCOM uh, strategy or, or tactical RPG approach. 
there's true west where michael and i switch roles every night Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah never mind that was a bad joke <laughs> it's all good uh padre sean o'rourke says i'd be that very is too inter- irish a name i'm sorry yes <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was just worried about like butchering it the whole time. I'm like, God, I okay, Padre, okay, sure. Um, He says I'd be very interested in some prehistoric horror in a primal esque setting. Imagine fighting eldritch horrors with nothing but obsidian spears. Yes. If only Mm. if only Far Cry Primal was still current enough that someone could develop a mod for that. Yeah, uh, if only if anybody was nostalgic for Game of Thrones, (laughs) we'd want to have Obsidian Spears. Uh, (laughs) Ryan Ryan Schmidt says, uh, I'd like to see a horror game set during the terror period of the French Revolution. Michael may be able to speak to this. Hmm. Uh, The main thrust of the game being the player unwinding a, a supernatural thread while also avoiding being brought up on charges before Robespierre could lead to uh, interesting tensions and paranoia. Uh, now that I think about it, you could also probably address similar themes of the game built around McCarthyism with fewer guillotines. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Where does that get fun? I have VR for a reason. <laughs> oh, with the heads! And I just drop my fucking move stick. Mm. <laughs> I do remember, like, wasn't one of the early uses for, like, when, when the Oculus Rift was first in, like, its prototype phase, like, somebody put out a video of them, like, with a guillotine simulator, and they would... Let people, like, you know, lie on their stomachs and, you know, experience, like, oh, the guillotine locked in place and everything. And then, like, at the moment when the blade would chop, the the uh, prankster, accomplice, whatever you want to call him, would stand there and, like, karate chop the back of their neck. <laughs> Fuck oh, <it>. my God. <laughs> For maximum Hi-ya! realism. Hey, welcome, welcome they to love your it. lawsuit. They love it. Yeah, uh, well, is, I'm not short, it. hard enough to injure, but, like... You know, just a, a tap to make it feel like, oh god, there's the impact of the blade, and people. Would I'm, I'm going to say, if you make someone shit their pants in public, you might also uh, <laughs> yeah. get sued. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, if well, it's I, Rodrigo I the, the pervert, yeah. <laughs> Rodrigo the pervert loves shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back around. I like that. Witness me. <laughs> J- just saying. You know, just talking about a game we were talking about earlier tonight. You could do that McCarthyism game with like La Noire's engine. Mm-hmm. And just and just <laughs> accuse everybody. <laughs> the the only button left is accuse. Yeah, just accuse. Yeah, press press B to smelt it, A to delt it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> is that too far? My bad. Um, Twitter Red Eater says would love to see a severely graphic Silent Hill uh, type game based around the events of the Civil War. Maybe playing a doctor who is losing his touch with reality. While he uh, saws off gangrenous limbs and applies leeches, Yuck. gross. Yeah, red eater. But uh, but I, I and it makes me think of a thirty twenty ten plug. We talked about Jacob's Ladder, which is considered a inspiration to Silent Hill, and it's just like I have not. Play- I've watched Silent Hill two be played. I, I I'm not a Silent Hill fan. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And I watched I watched Jacob's Ladder at a fucking fifth grade birthday party. Ooh. Uh, that's the last time I've seen it. Yeah, I'm a terrible person to host a podcast <laughs> about pop culture. <laughs> I never asked for this job, but uh, <laughs> I never asked for this. Um, I try and cover the other areas, okay, but that one was just like shit. I really let everyone down here. Michael should be on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty twenty-two. New question of the week: What is an arcade game? Because we were talking about arcade one-up cabinet so much this episode. What's an arcade game that you'd like to see? 
a one-up cabinet uh, be of. I guess for me, like the driving cabinet that just came out fills me with hope that they will redo the Star Wars cabinet as a sit-down thing. They already did. Uh, they did it as a sit-down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? it's available as a sit-down. It's a, an extra hundred bucks, huh. but like... You, and like I had not heard you that. will not like it I thought I thought it was only standing uh okay well no I no they have a sit down version um, no you don't it, you but sit it's, it's still it's still it's still it's still piecemeal it's like a little it's a little bench that almost fits I don't mm. like it personally but I know what you're talking about yeah. because like climbing into an arcade cabinet yes. and being surrounded with the ambiance of a even a mild ship is something like I don't know when when will that get old for young people for kids I don't know. It has to feel really neat. I, I remember going to California Extreme and wanting to play the mm-hmm. like a st- classic Star Wars sit-down cabinet and having to wait as like these two kids were climbing around in it and like I'm old. I just want to play the same game you're playing. That's <laughs> sort of a depressing realization, but whatever. Um, so I, I I have a game that's more the idea is more about what you can mod it to also play. Mm-hmm. But how about I'm just going to say for the game that you would actually buy would be the Terminator Two Judgment Day oh, game yeah. with with the force feedback mm-hmm. fucking Uzi yeah. machine gun thing. And then of course the first game I would mod it for is Aerosmith Revolution X because mm-hmm. you do need Revolution to shoot CDs X. at people. <laughs> yes. So you, I mean you can imagine all of your light gun games with force feedback like fucking it was just like that cool machine gun fucking uzi gun thing was yeah. really cool yeah. yeah i mean on that note it, i'm going to change really my answer was. to operation wolf that game does not Ooh, get shit. enough respect i love op- operation I, I played so much of the nes one it made me better at the hmm. arcade one mm. um but but it w- yeah they don't compare and from from a modder's perspective where i am now i have a couple of those games on my modded like Street Fighter controls, and you can still kind of move the cursor around and shoot stuff. But like, uh, right now, the best uh, the best way to mod that is a dr- the Star Wars one with the. It's very easy to move the reticle around because of the Z axis mm-hmm. throttle controls. But like, uh, if they ever introduce a gun game, um, and I think they did with Big Buck Hunter, wink, wink. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I would love to. Mo- I, I want one shooting machine in my house, uh, other than the one Melendez left in my garage that is 720 arcade skateboarding modified to be Time Crisis. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> that, that sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It looks ridiculous. I just thought of a completely impractical exist. mod game, which would be the Punch Out arcade game with the double screen yeah. thing. Because, like, oh, yeah, what yeah. other games could you run on that? <laughs> that's that, that's mine. I, I I played two versions of Punch Mania. Which I think is based on an anime that we never got here. So they brought the arcade game here in limited quantities and called it Punch Mania. But it's like DDR, but six individual punching bags fold out from. Oh, I remember that the, game. Yeah, both yeah, sides yeah, of the yeah. screen. And my buddy Steve has one in his, and he works out with it every day. Is fit <laughs> as a fucking fiddle uh, <laughs> because it's intense as shit. It's awesome as hell, and it's a Sonic Blast Man. Yeah, we would run from the back of the putt button, trying like, uh, trying to defeat monsters. But Punch Mania was was yeah DDR for boxing. Um, it was awesome, and I have no idea how he keeps that machine up because how many, part of the wear and tear in arcade machines are how terrible the kids are to these yeah, games. Anything in mechanical public. is a fucking like, nightmare to take care of. Is a nightmare, and it's like no, no, punch this as hard yeah, as you no can. Shit. We're measuring you. 
ma- better make sure it's hard. <laughs> oh, in, fa- I, in fact, I don't think don't I ever that. remember playing that thing where all of the sensors worked. It was always there was always yeah. something mm. broken about that machine. Like, mm. Mm. it's like that fucking arm wrestling machine they used to have. Like, oh, how did yeah. they ever yeah. maintain that thing? Right. Who knows? EB Games. What are we doing? So I, I'm 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 lucky enough to live near a Galloping Ghost Arcade. Oh, galloping oh, Ghost, Cicero Holmes, friend of the yeah. show, always talks about the Galloping Ghost. Yeah, oh, it's so nice. So I've, I've been thinking through some of the machines there. I think I'm I'm settling on for some reason. I really like the name is escaping me, but it's it's the game where one person is driving while one person is shooting. Oh God, yes, Lucky yes. and Chase. This is familiar. Lucky and Chase. Lucky and Chase. Yes, that's yes. Lucky and Chase. That, yeah. that would be mine. Uh, that, that would. That's probably like very practically not the best choice, but just for sentimental. <laughs> if you could, if someone could no, make it, that it, work it's for at me, one it's hard scale to recreate. Two people to sit next to each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> remember how? Remember how controversial Mario Kart Double Dash was? Like yeah. imagine, try, imagine trying to force that game into homes. And can I can I tell a, a dumb little story here? Sure. And yes. I'll, I'll send this to you mm-hmm. guys. As I told it a while ago, and it. A, f- a very kind person might make this a reality for me. I was uh, ni- in like 1992. I was in Thomasville, Georgia, and I found a Joust machine for $200. Ooh. $200 was all I have ever had. But Joust was, at the time, my favorite arcade game when arcades and consoles were kind of like, felt to me coexisting. And my dad starts shitting on me like he would normally do. Like, this machine doesn't play your old... Does this machine play your old games? Like, this machine plays one game (laughs) forever. (laughs) Forever. You're going to spend $200 on one game? Are you crazy? Uh, Don't do that. That's a dumb thing. And I'm like, I didn't do it. And um, every five to ten years, I drive into Thomasville, Georgia, whenever I'm in Florida, and look in there on antique stores and see if I can see it, find another... Mm arcade machine hopefully joust a really amazing like thank you jose he like may make my dream reality of having a joust machine um for a similar price and i have gone into thomasville several times during the pandemic just having nothing to do and my girl and i wanting to leave the house for a long period of time and we just drive we just drive into another state and i've looked and found no joust machines and so this year um, I don't know if I sent it to you guys. I just was getting my mom a gift, and I wanted to go. They, we have no Hallmark stores in northern Florida. So I drove to get... Um, I really wanted the Animaniacs ornament and the um, Marty McFly ornament. I failed on the Marty McFly ornament. And then I look, and like there, I'm in Thomasville, and here right in front of me is a Joust Arcade Cabinet ornament in Thomasville, Georgia, almost on the 30th anniversary of me finding this thing. <laughs> There's a Joust Arcade Cabinet ornament. It has batteries. I don't even know what it does yet. I, I thought <laughs> you were going to say they had a full-size Joust Arcade Cabinet. No, but, it, but it's, it's, it's not a Joust ostrich. Mm-hmm. It's not a Joust character. It's just the arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. And I took this up to this person like, I feel like this is mocking me. I must have it. <laughs> I must have it. So, years, uh, thirty years after the fact, I got a Joust arcade cabinet, a much lesser one <laughs> that doesn't play the Oddly, game. I, I think there might be more nostalgia for that cabinet itself than for any of the characters or ostriches. <laughs> like, who cares about the knights? You had a great shirt along a uh, Joust shirt a long time ago, if I recall. Yeah, I, I got it at California Extreme. I love the Joust artwork. It's it's one of my favorites. Mm. Um, and I, I thought that was really neat. And I, I'll send that to you guys in a second. But 
I got myself my joust ornament. I had nowhere else to tell the story because I'm not going to do bonus time this week because I don't want to talk about the fucking election <laughs> at all. <laughs> Except that we have constantly. Uh, also, that, that game uh, is actually called Lucky and Wild. And oh, the good news is okay. you can buy the full-size cabinet for as little as $1,416. Oh, yeah. Okay. Coinopexpress.com. Let me just shake the couch uh, out extra hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use that. Uh, use that Netflix Octobug. Right. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the lucky and wild. <laughs> They're like, "Whoa, we have the most astounding coincidence to tell you." That is exactly what we're planning to pay you for the rights. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I sold my soul for worse, Eric. So don't don't feel bad. All I know for is less. Rodrigo got twice as much for his story. Yeah. So he did. Rodrigo El Perverto. <laughs> <laughs> I feel cheated. <laughs> All right. So what is an arcade classic that you would like to see be released as an arcade one-up machine? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 392. Alternately, you can go... To the official Laser Time community on Facebook, there'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or you can just ping us on Twitter. You know, it's a website, twitter.com. It's real easy. At VG Apocalypse. Uh, and we will pick the next, the, and we will pick the best answers to read on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Uh, let's go with some plugs. Uh, Eric, other than Octobug, is there anything that you would like to draw people's attention to? A Twitter account, a website, etc.? Yeah, so I, if you want to find me on Twitter, that's my current addiction. Uh, that's where you can find me usually. So it's uh, Eric V. So it's V as in victory is the middle initial there. So Eric V. Bailey on Twitter. That'll do. All right. Nice. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah, go buy Octobug uh, yeah. via itch.io. Itch, itch.io. $3. Get get off your that's fucking it? ass and go buy his game for 3 bucks. <laughs> Otherwise, you have to deal with Matty Allen. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? What are you going to do? I will give them. I the write man. them a sternly worded letter. Michael, oh, fuck off. Write them a check for three dollars <laughs> so they can buy a check. That's not even worth my time to write a check <laughs> for three dollars. <laughs> yeah, checks are for landlords and utility payments <laughs> and bookies. As I found out the hard oh, way. Wow. Oh, oh, I bet on Trump this whole election. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but um, of. <laughs> Yeah, Laser Time is a show that will be back next week. Um, we lost our show this week due to the technical error. But I just a uh, quick shout out to Ben Dixon that Matt lined up. Uh, great guy, Ben Dixon podcast uh, was a really good show that is lost forever, and it's made me depressed all week until uh, Tuesday night, which made me even more depressed. Um, but don't cry for me. Um, I have it better than most. In um, thirty twenty ten and Vigil Game Apocalypse this week, obviously, are really fun. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the show, the network. Um, Did you just plug Video Game Apocalypse on Video Game Apocalypse? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to plug anymore. I don't. We we do have fun. Uh, we have fun. Yeah, we. Have. Something important happened, and I can't. I just feel terrible. Plugging Did it my happen? Shit I don't Did even, it actually? It happen? hasn't actually happened. Yet. Maybe it has yet. by the time people are listening. To I know. This, I, I know. was talking about Octobug. Oh, you oh, fucking oh, bricks. oh, forgive. Of course. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric gave me the the, the collar tug over. <laughs> Ooh, I don't I, that carefully. All this over Octabug. I didn't ask for this. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just tired, weirded out, and um, mentally not okay. But a lot of us feel that way, and um, you know we'll get better. It's okay. Things will we'll figure stuff out. Yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm trying to find some optimism. I don't feel good right now. Yes, um, some optimism. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus, he's so good. This guy, this fucking guy, he's so good. God. Oh man. Well, you know what makes you feel better when you're when you're kind of feeling bad or want to escape reality are video games. Goddamn video games. Mm-hmm. And if you want to watch me playing video games, head on over to the old Twitch. Uh, I am Matty C. Allen. That's M A T T Y C A L L E N. I play uh, Tuesdays and Fridays usually with a couple bonus streams here and there. Um, and then on Monday nights we do a fun thing around these parts called the Monday Night Movie, where you can come and join me, where we we watch usually movies from the 80s or 90s um and we just kind of grab some beers watch movies laugh have a good time uh this week i had tl foster on and we were trying to be topical so we watched election from 1999 which 20 year old movie boy that movie is bleak as fuck (laughs) that movie's awesome that's one of the best movies ever made it's it is crazy how uh how dark it gets and um yeah we we, it was was actually both tl and i's first time seeing it and we we loved it we loved just hanging out with you guys so yeah come join us that's every monday we start between 7 30 and 8 p.m pacific and then i i tend to stream tuesdays and fridays around 8 p.m pacific so check me out there follow me on twitter at maddie c allen and you'll get notifications when i go live as well so uh, I just like to draw people's attention to something you might not be aware of. It's a little bit arty, maybe a little bit under the radar. Uh, the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 are coming out next week. Uh, they cost roughly $50 billion each and all the remaining rare earth elements in China. So uh, check those out, maybe. <laughs> Why are you plugging their their machines for them? I, I'm just I'm just trying to build hype for next week when presumably we'll be at least able to talk about at least one of those. We'll see. Maybe machines. None of us can get it all. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, the thing I'm looking forward to next week is Yakuza like a dragon, yeah. baby. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm currently finding it difficult to play any game not called Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so I'll be having, sharing impressions w- about that next week. Also, if you want to pay attention to us online and find out, like, who did the break song this week and what's the question of the week, visit us at vigigameapocalypse.com or uh, follow us on Twitter at vgapocalypse or me personally at wikiparas. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Better make sure it's hard. (laughs) Don't isolate that.